The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins Sitting in the bleachers in the rain We've shed a million tears and drank as many old-style beers out at the game Let's go, Cubby Sun Rental. Michael Cotton. Sun Rental. Michael Cotton. Sun Rental and the lovable Lucy. Mucho Scali. Michael. Sun Rental. Cotton. Sun Rental and the lovable Lucy. Michael Cotton. Michael, how did you do that? How did you make your voice split into like five different notes and make a chord? <laughs> it was incredible. You've been, yeah. you've been practicing. I have. It's been, you know, uh, Lyle's been doing it. He's been showing up, been doing it every time. And so, you know, in the shower, I'm just, I'm working on it for when I get my chance. You yeah. know, I'm, I, you know, I want to, I want to Wally Pip. Lyle on this thing. You oh, know? you really think you could do that? Even <laughs> even though he's got the legacy, I mean, he's been on this show since the first show. That's true. That's true. Well, it, I think I even did it once. There was one time <laughs> that you got neither one of you guys could show up for the show, and I was like, "Well, I did the script; it's all ready, so um, I'm going to do it." So I think I sun ranted myself, but you know, that's embarrassing. That's like liking your own tweet. Which I used to do right. just to get likes <laughs> because I was sad. It's like <laughs> masturbating on Twitter. Um, yes. So, hey, I'm Danny Rocket. This is the Sunranto Show, and there's Michael Cotton. Lyle was supposed to be here, but uh, only Michael showed. So how are you, Michael? You get to do double the introductions because Lyle's not here. Yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. Uh, had to dad- it's not battle what I hear. a little... Uh... Little St. Patty Zuma's revenge all day. You were drinking Zima's? What happened? <laughs> Are you from that side of Ireland? Oh God, he's from the north. He's the, a protein. The, the Zima. So, um, are you Catholic or Protestant? I mean, which uh, side, John? Yeah, I don't know. You don't know. So no, you're not Irish. No you got to pick a side. I got to pick a side. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm no side. I'm. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> See, I'm Buddhist. You're Sinn Fein. There we go. Um, I don't even know if they're the good guys or the bad guys. Are there? Are they're probably all bad guys, just blowing each other up out there in Ireland. Well, um, happy St. Patty's Day to everybody. I did not uh, partake because I've been so damn busy. Oh my god, I said yes to too many things, and uh, so I really have really haven't paid much attention to the Cubs. So I'm going to suck at this show. Well, um, it's spring training. I mean, there's only so much we yeah. can pay attention to. There's- I mean. There's the part where I don't give a fuck about it, about this spring training particularly, except for a couple storylines, which don't seem to be shaping up in any good way. So now I'm just like out until the season starts, you know. 
Um, and plus, none of the games have been on TV. Otherwise, I would have had them on in the background while I'm doing other work. But I'm, I'm doing a bunch of shows. And, hey, let me just plug them real quick at the start of the show. Uh, just oh, op- plug away. I just opened up Poseidon at the Edge Theater, which is uh, north of Wrigley Field by a few miles on Broadway. And uh, it's fun. It's like the 1972 disaster film. Um, except uh, it's a send-up of the whole thing. It's camp, it's uh, musical, it's a lot of fun. And I did the sound design. And then uh, there's this Irish show called Lord at the Anathium, which I've not seen, so I can't vouch for it, but I did do the sound design. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, I was so busy, I was like, I'm sorry I can't come, but here's all your sounds, you know? Um, right. And then uh, I think Golden Girls is still playing at uh, Theater 773, and that's a lot of fun, too, so... And that's all Hell in a Handbag Productions, a couple of those. Plus, there's a new show opening up uh, early in April, first week of April, in, uh, same week the Cubs open up at Wrigley Field, over at uh, Trapdoor Theater, which is a celebration of 25 years uh, of that theater. Uh, oh, is it going to be their last show at the place? Or? No, uh, we got a reprieve for a higher oh. rent. Yes, I, I knew one of two things was going to happen, and that was the rent was going to go up. Or we'd have to move. And so, uh, reprieve. Because, I don't know, I won't go into it, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to go into it. <laughs> there's, a, there's a story there, but. Suffice it to say, the rent went up. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and so thanks for every, we raised 500 bucks of the unconventional, so that's going to pay for uh, two months of rent raise. So, thank you. Cool. Um, and uh, let's see, what else is going on? Oh, yeah, this Sunday, I don't know what you're doing. It's the. Let's see, what would it be? The 24th? Sunday the 24th? Yes, All that right. is correct. Well, uh, my friends are in town. Uh, they're a band called On The Sun, and they're really good. My friend Dylan is an amazing guitar player, and he writes great songs. And uh, some of you guys have seen him because we played with them a few years back. Bad Teenage Mustache, my band, my old band, I guess. <laughs> um, well, anyway... Uh, they're coming in from New York, and uh, it'd be cool to show them some Chicago love. They're playing at Subterranean at 8 p.m. this Sunday, the 24th. So, on the That's, sun. Now, what, what kind of music? Rock music? Grunge? Oh, maybe uh, I could find some. Hold, hold on. Be, be, bebop? No, no. It's, it's I believe bebop is it's, big. It's rock and roll, kind of funky. Okay. I, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it right now and play some on the sun. Oh, no, now I just get smash mouth walk in on the sun. <laughs> Maybe if I put New York City, I might have to actually go to their website. Um, I'll find it when you're talking later. Yeah, we'll figure Place it out. On the sun. I, in fact, how about today as the closing song, A Little on the Sun, instead of oh, one, yeah, of, my, that'd, instead that'd of one of my Cubs songs. You, get, you got all year to hear those. It's an actual reason to stick around, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wrote a new Cubs song. Uh, you did. Yeah, I did. It, it, it's not ready yet. Uh, there's something wrong with it. You know, that's how I write songs. You know, you're like, you get the idea, you write it, and then you're like, eh, something wrong with this one. And then you figure it out, and then it becomes the best song you've ever heard. And this one's going to be uh, about Hiram Bithorn or Iram Bithorn. Mm. Remember him? Yes. Yeah, he's the first Puerto Rican baseball player. So I and, and he got and what an amazing story. He goes down to Mexico. He gets shot. Because they think he's a communist? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, thought he was a communist and everything. But, uh, yeah, and he was the first Puerto Rican baseball player. But it was a lot of that had to do with him being very white. 
Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah, no, he it, he was not a dark skinned man in any way, and that's that's how he kind of slid by because you know they didn't really care where anybody was from; they just didn't like the way they looked. Well, he was yeah, he was from a, a European descent. Those people were uh, immigrants to Puerto Rico. They were not original Taino. Right. But they do have a Hiram Bithorn uh, ballpark down there in Puerto Rico. That's where they played yeah. the championship it's, game. This I, year, right? I, I went there two months ago. Yeah. And almost got Zika. <laughs> so you'll have to listen to past shows if you want to hear about that. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, that's, that song will drop sometime. But it's a good song, almost. Um, and the final plug is this. The Cubs home opener on April 8th. Uh, just north of Wrigley Field at G-Man Tavern. The Bleacher Bum Band. We had rehearsal last night. Uh, we rock. Uh, we have a new drummer. Uh, he is Serbian, and he's incredible. He's played with a famous punk band before. I swear to God, our, our um, Yugoslavian, Bosnian bass player, Aljan, who's been with, who I've been playing with for a few years now, um, he keeps bringing us foreign drummers when Gary can't do the gig. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like, and they're each one's better than the last. They're like, oh yeah, we were on MTV in 1998. I was like, no shit. <laughs> so awesome. Anyway, we're we're famous in Eastern Europe. Uh, at least a quarter of us are. Uh, you're big in Japan. Yeah, that's what I hear. So uh, yeah, that's the last. Oh no, the last thing is actually there's a ranters bracket, which I guess will be over by tomorrow. So, oh yeah, it's uh so the NCAA tournament ranters bracket. Go to the uh, Sunranto Ranchers page on Facebook. You can find the link there. Go in, sign up, pick all your teams based on I don't know color, yeah, <laughs> or distance from the distance to the stadium. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like they're playing some of the games in Des Moines, but none of the Iowa teams are playing uh, in Des Moines. I, I did not consider venue at all. <laughs> I, yeah. I, well, I, did, I really didn't consider anything at all, to be perfectly frank. I just kind of went with the teams that I thought, you know, I, I picked by numbers, by seed. But uh, mostly I just was like, hey, they seem cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know this cool. team. Yeah. Um, I yeah mean, Duke's going to win it all, unfortunately. I mean, this is a year for Duke. They have some dude named Zion who yeah, is like – I don't know. He, he's he's twelve feet tall. He weighs four hundred and seventy three pounds. He, you know, he he doesn't have to jump to dunk. You know, he's so big and fast. He ran out of one of his shoes and got injured for like ten games. Oh his yeah, shoe actually exploded. He exploded. Yeah, no, I saw that a <laughs> shoe exploded. That happened in a didn't Schwarber's shoe explode last year? Do you remember that? Like <laughs> that was great. Except they could have caused a serious injury. Imagine he blows out his other fucking knee. Right. right. Oh, man. I was worried but, about that dunk tank at spring training. Still am because they're still there. I know <laughs> I know somebody's going to go down. just waking up in the middle of the night, like, frightened. Yeah, like, Javi better not be in that dunk tank. Oh, so last night, I woke up at, like, 1245 in the middle of the night because I had a bad dream. The, well, and I don't know if it was a bat, like a nightmare or a dream. And I, I actually, some people may have seen this on Twitter. In the dream, I was at like spring training, and the Cubs 
were talking to me about going out to play. Oh, no. It's that exactly. bad? <laughs> like, I, I'm not sure why they needed me to play, but in my dream, they needed me to play. And so I posted it as a, um, a, John as Pick- a poll. Like, is this a nightmare or is it a dream? Like, because I, I honestly, I was, I woke up nervous as hell. Like, oh my God, I'm going to have to go out on the field and I'm, and I'm terrible at baseball. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if, if we're at the point where you're pitching for the Cubs or going in there to fill in for David Bodie and we're <laughs> right. fucked, we're fucked. All right. Well, um, should we talk about the Cubs? I mean, the Cubs, you know, um, on the verge of Cactus League Championship. You know, it's really frustrating. They haven't been playing with any urgency, and now they're one game behind for the championship. It's like 20, 2018 all over again. Oh, God. Just one game back, they're going to miss it uh, in San Diego. With Manny Machado, there's your difference. There's your one game. Oh, yep, God. There it's it is. So frustrating. They just would have gotten Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. You're winning the whole thing. But now I will, they're going to lose in the Cactus League. Well, I will, I will say this, and this is not a good thing. And I, Regression is a really powerful thing. Yeah. In this case, it works in our favor. Well, it doesn't work in our favor this time, Theo, because you want to know uh, what happened in 2016 during spring training? The Cubs were 11-19. and 19. They, they weren't even trying. Like, they were out there uh, – all the pitchers were working on the changeup exclusively. <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing else. Well, I don't even think I, I don't even know what the hell they were putting out there as a lineup to go eleven and nineteen. I mean, that's pretty bad, you know. And I was there that year, and I, I remember it being really shitty. But then, uh, and being like, "What the fuck am I looking at here? This team was supposed to be built for you know." Uh, for success, and then they just turn it on from day one. Now the problem here is. If you win the Cactus League championship, you're not going to win a game in April. No, they're going to be burned out. They're trying too hard. Yeah. No, so 2016, I remember uh, I was out there that spring training as well, and I think it was like Jake didn't pitch until like the last week. The last week, Like it was like crazy, like Lester and Jake and – Kyle, like they just weren't pitching. They weren't putting out good pitchers at all. They were working on all the other pitchers, and that's why they, you know, one reason why they weren't winning. I mean, in a way, it's kind of what they're doing this year. Uh, I mean, I, I don't except for they're winning and doing that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're they're winning, but they're not winning by a lot, though. You know, no. like they're five games over five hundred or something like that right now, right? What's their record? 14-10, I think. 14. Yeah, so that's not bad. But, I mean, and then you look at some of the teams, like the Cardinals have sucked. I saw in the spring training. They have they haven't won a lot of games. But uh, I think the same thing's kind of happening this year. I mean, John Lester, he pitched in a minor league game today. Um, so, uh, he's 11-1. and one. I mean, 11.1 innings pitched. Uh, that's not a, a terribly large amount. And, um, you know, to be going to the season, Chatwood – has pitched uh, as a starter and a reliever with 11 innings. Uh, Kyle Hendricks just shy, shy of that. Hamels has only pitched nine innings. Quintana, nine innings. Darvish, only 7.1. So, 
So, and I know these guys are working on the side. So, I mean, in many respects, you can say they're doing the same thing. And, and maybe they do this every year. I mean, you don't you don't want a lot of innings in spring training on these guys' arms. It is just practice, which is why I don't have much interest. Right. You know, but I, I think the big difference with this year is that the offense seems to have shown up in spring training. Like, they are there. They're, they're hitting the ball very well, uh, kind of across the board. Plus, a lot of their minor leaguers are hitting the ball very well. So that when it gets late in the game, you know, they're they're still putting a couple across. Yeah, and, and they're hitting uh, well in Arizona in the light <laughs> air in spring training against pitchers that are, you know, throwing nine change-ups in a row, and one of them's a meatball. Yeah. You know, so it's, just, it's really hard to know what you're looking at because – and also, like, as far as the relievers go, there hasn't been a lot of innings pitched for some of the major relievers. I mean, Dunsing kind of the most, unless you oh, count. And, and because they're just trying to figure him out. Like, he's just getting run out there over and over and over because he's sucking right now. Yeah, yeah. No, like, he, they're they're like, oh, you got to just keep pitching until something happens. Yeah. <laughs> So, but not a lot of not not a lot of. I mean, uh, Strope has only pitched one point two innings, but then he got hurt. Well, he's got a yeah. hamstring thing. Yeah, and uh, you know, then Montgomery was hurt, so he's only got four innings. Uh, C-Sheck only four point one. So they're not even using these guys, you know, and uh, it, they're using the minor leaguers, and they're seeing what they got out of those dudes right now. But um, well, they're going to need to lean on them. At some point in the season, they're going to need to lean on those minor league arms. So, Well, we're going to talk about it because since we talked about it last time, when uh, now everybody wrote an article about it, about the bullpen uh, being paid. The, the bullpen that the Cubs are going to break camp with being the money guys like Dunsing, you know, and uh, they're going to leave possibly very effective arms uh, like, you know, Dylan Meckes and uh, Alan Webster back in Iowa taking the shuttle. Right. But I don't know. It's It seems like you're going to want to go out there with the best. I had a great uh, uh, conversation on Twitter with Tim Hugh about this because he's all in the camp of, like, keep these guys down. Let's have a bullpen in t- two, three years. He's got the long view on it. And I was like, but the window, it's going to shut. He's like, there'll be new guys. You know, Bryant will go and we'll have – you know, some, I don't know, somebody else, I don't know. the new See, Bryant. And and I'm not as gung ho on that because I don't know that you are going to get all the new guys because I feel like the Ricketts have shown their hand. They are, they've won their championship. And, and I really do believe this. I think, I think they want to win, but they don't want to put a shit ton of effort into it. Yeah, you know what not, I mean? They're not going to go balls out on the team now. Like, they, you know, I just went by Wrigley today. And what they've spent their time doing is building a giant patio in the left field corner. You know, they've opened up uh, the Shake Shack. They're doing deals. I mean, I don't know if they own that building. Actually, I think they do. Part of their whatever hickory capital or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, they're they're getting their restaurants going. They're... You know, this is the second year of this, and, uh, you know, they've the transformation of the neighborhood and at least the surrounding area around Wrigley is really, I think, more their concern. And they're going to put a good enough team to be competitive out there, but they're not going to 
spend stupid money just to, like the Yankees do. Just bring in championship after championship. Don't care about the luxury tax like back in the old days, you know, when the Yankees just bought um, bought themselves a playoff run every year, you know? Yeah, and it's frustrating because this team is actually good enough. They could just pull it off. I mean, there's enough talent on the team that if the bullpen holds up and things just sort of break that their way because, of course, yeah, in luck, every yeah. championship season, things have to break your way. But if it does, this is a team that, if they get into the playoffs, could win it all. And it's frustrating to see them not go after uh, any arms or – uh, good backup catchers, or they got know, a they got a lot like, of arms, and they're hoping somebody comes through. And it reminds me of like, I mean, look at the even the how they started the 2015 season. They won 97 games. Like Brian fucking Schlitter was in that bullpen. You know <laughs> who they and, about? Yeah, Schlitter being there. Who yeah, who they ended up with that year was different. But they also, you know, I don't know. They had more money to play with. And, uh, of course, 2016 going out and getting Chapman just to kind of shut it down. And, um, you know, I don't know. It just seems like they've got a lot of arms that they're hoping somebody's going to come through and it'll be one of those, like, bullpen guy has good year when he was shitty last year things. (laughs) You know, or maybe they just really trust that Tommy Hadovy can teach everybody how to pitch. They have a lot of faith in this young guy. He's younger than us. He's the new golden boy, right? Like, people are really high on Hadovy. Yeah, so we're going to see because, you know, he's got a pitching clinic going on where they're breaking down every single thing that has to do with uh, what pitch to throw, when, how fast, how to do it. You know, I mean, you got to have a degree to work with Hadovy. And there's not a moo-moo in his closet. Like, he's a, you know, good-looking <laughs> young man. Which means faster pitching changes. Yeah, because he'll 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 fucking cartwheel out there. Yeah, in oh. shape, just pop out there. You know, get things done. So um, this week in Cubs baseball, uh, I did I did write it down. <laughs> but one thing I thought was funny: the last time we recorded was on an off day. The next day they played the Reds. And they looked like shit. <laughs> I mean, well, looked... the Reds are good too, you know. So well, it's... I don't know. Are they good? We'll see. But I mean, but we lost twelve to three, and four errors were committed. One by Javi, one by Bryant. Uh, Chatwood threw the ball over somebody's head. So... Uh, and was that out in the boonies at the Reds ballpark? Yeah, the Reds in Cleveland ballpark. I believe so. At the home of the giant stone statue tampon. Oh, yeah, the baseball tampon. Yeah, yeah. People think it's a doobie, though. Ah, yeah, I can see that. It's yeah. it's, it's more uh, – it's a much more fun image of smoking the baseball doobie than using the baseball tampon. I don't know. It depends how the game goes. <laughs> <laughs> they might need to sop up some blood. Um, nah. yeah. yeah, so Chetwood started that game. I mean, they just looked just – abysmal and i was like of course it was their first day off they all went out and got shitty had fun went out ate steaks drank beer came in next day sucked ass they were at the indian casinos all night long yep just smoking stoves 
Um, and then they, the next day, I mean, this is, was like, I was getting disheartened because I was actually clocking these games. Uh, there was like a wild, windy game against the A's at the A's ballpark. And uh, they, they blew it late. They blew it in the ninth. It was like nine to nine to eight or ten to nine or something like that. Yeah. So, so a bunch of players that we with very high numbers on their backs that we don't even know their names blew yeah. the game. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I was so disappointed. <laughs> but I'm I'm wondering. I I kind of feel like somebody was in there then. Well, I, I think it was Rosario in there. I'm gonna look it up right now. Because- oh. He's been a ghost. <laughs> well, he's a goat. I mean, we were talking about it all in uh, when I was in Puerto Rico with Jose Orlando about just watching Rosario pitch and like how hard he gets hit and then the ball lands in a glove somehow. I feel like that's going to be over soon. Like, I, I feel like his good luck is going to come to an end. Yeah. He's a lefty out of the pen and they may rely on him quite a bit. Um, let's see who blew this game. It was, oh no, it was, uh, Zagurski. Zagur- um, yeah. Yeah. So he's not working out like, but we talked about that last week, how a lot of these dudes they picked up that were, that we've been talking about all winter, you know, oh, I got Mike Zagurski. Hey, look, they got George <laughs> Contos and they all fucking suck. Okay. They all yeah. suck ass. So those guys aren't working out, but there's some other dudes that are like Webster and Meckes, but those are dudes under control. And I don't know. Yeah, those are guys that they've been developing for years, not not Zagurski who came off of the buffet line <laughs> on Carnival Cruise. <laughs> he's like, Oh, I got a my agent just called. <laughs> he's he's wearing a lay and, and sandals. Oh boy. Uh, he's doing a, a good solid five minutes of stand-up before the comedian, you know? <laughs> Sir, will you sit down? <laughs> he's not right. They don't even want him to do it. <laughs> Are you? I'm Mike Zagurski. Um, So uh, then the next day, they uh, they beat the Rangers in a squeaker, uh, two to one. And uh, that was kind of a good game. And then uh, they beat the White Sox, 11 and nine. That was a wild one. Um, seven to one over the the D bags, the Diamondbacks, and then they uh, lost shittily against the Rockies, seven to two. But we had a Javi swim move in there. Uh, I saw the saw the video of it on Twitter. It's yeah. so good. It's the best thing that happened all week. Yeah, yeah. I got. I was at the first game that he ever did it with my niece. I t- I bring her for her birthday every year to the game. Uh, sometime in June, we're in there. Uh, Javi does the swim move, uh, you know, safe at second. And, uh, we, you know, ever since then, my niece brings it up all the time. She'll be, she's 12 years old. I, I had to immediately tell her when the swim move happened. Cause it's, it's big news. <laughs> it's just, it's amazing. And, you know, I don't think other people, I, although they'll, they will try to imitate it. I don't think they're going to do it with the style that Javi did. And he will always be the inventor of that shit. Yeah, and uh, on the, you know, last time we talked, we were talking about the YouTube channel, and they have, like, a solid 12 minutes of Javi Swim moves. Yeah, it's not like it just happened once or twice. Now it's a thing, you know? Yeah. So I thought we'd take a look. Um, I wonder if Lyle's coming on, <laughs> you think? <laughs> uh, no. 
Uh, I, I was trying to figure out. I was like, did you see something that made you think that? No, no. Uh, I just I just had a thought that maybe the other guy that's on this podcast would like to come on. <laughs> not that you're not good, great entertainment, Michael. You know, it just. Uh, you know, it just I I like when Lyle just starts screaming about nonsense and uh, <laughs> you know yelling at you. That I always it's always entertaining. We yeah we get along too well when he's not on the show. Yeah yeah exactly. It's boring. People are like, why don't they fight? So I, from now on in this podcast, <laughs> I'm going to take the opposite view of everything All right. you why say. Why don't they fight? Yeah. So uh, I thought we'd take a look at who's having a good spring and who's having a bad spring. Um. So I don't know if this is one of those. I don't know about robot style. Robot style things, but um, David Bodie, I um, predicted him to be a flash in the pan very recently, and I don't know if I'm right or wrong. You know whether he's going to come through. I mean, he's the first guy to be sent down, right? Um, this will be on our prediction yeah. show, but I'm I'm just saying. Like, David Bodie is having a hell of a spring, okay? He's batting 462, OBP of 583. He's slugging 769 for an OPS of 1353. Right. It really just depends on what happens with Descalso and his fucking broke ass. Like, we don't even – is this the guy – is Descalso going to be the guy that they sign and that he never plays for the Cubs? (sighs) They just sign him and his shoulders hurt. It, it, he was the only, like, that was the biggest signing of the offseason, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, that's not, I mean, yeah. It, well, that it, sucks It's not anyway. a big signing. Yeah. No, it's, it's not at all. But it was still just kind of like, it was the only thing they did. And we're not going to see. I mean, that's some 1980s bullshit there. Oh, yeah. Like but, the one guy that they sign that has that people try to they like they have to manufacture their joy because it's not really there, but they manufacture this nobody, joy. Nobody, like, oh, we can't no, wait. And nobody manufactured joy for Daniel Descalso. Everybody's <laughs> pissed about it, and there's not. No, it's true. There's not one person that was just like, well, at least we got Descalso. Nobody says that ever. <laughs> like it's just not said among Cubs fans. They're like. Like, so I guess uh, Descalso will back up. That's the best thing that has been said about Daniel Descalso is what his job description may or may not be. Yeah. Ah, so, well, so if he, breaks we camp with, if he breaks camp with the Cubs, then, you know, I. It... David Bodie's going to break camp with the Cubs because of uh, Addison Russell. I'm saying that right. David Bodie loses his job the moment Russell comes back. Unless Daniel Scouse is not around, that's that's all I'm saying. I, I, but right, but, and, and see, and that's and that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, if Descalso is there, if he's healthy, if he can be on the team, then you're right. Then Bodie goes down. But if Descalso is not there, then you know they're gonna. Who are they gonna bring up? They're gonna have somebody that replaces Descalso, or Bodie will be in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Bo, uh, yeah. Russell comes back, Bodie goes down. If Descalso's in. And here's the thing. He's had, a, you know, I just told you the numbers. Hell of a spring. And then the walks. You know, he's uh, 26 at bats. He's taken eight walks to seven strikeouts. He's got a great eye. And he doesn't, like, you know, some young guys will get up there and just, just kind of hack at everything, even when they do have a good eye. Like, you know, he really does take his walks. He's very patient. 
And the other guy that could be Daniel Descalso that's younger and also will probably start the year in the minor leagues because he's still got those options is Christian Adames, um, who also hit into a double play against John Baker, uh, giving him the the win eventually after he walked and uh, scored out a sacrifice fly. But uh, Chris, very impressive, except for that double play he hit against a, a backup catcher. Yeah, but, so he still has options? Oh, yeah. Oh. I believe, I, I think so. He's young. Yeah. You want to look it up while I'm talking about Christian Adames and how fucking sure. great he's I'll been? Pull, I'll, I'll, pull him I'll up. pull him up. I'll, I'll see where he's at. All right, here's what Christian, first of all, He's tied for the the uh, team lead in home runs, which isn't saying much because it's only three. Cubs have not been hitting a lot of home runs. A little uh, story that I read the headline of was that Joe Madden is saying that we're not going to be a, a uh, walk and a blast team. So get ready for another year of one runs. Oh, You know what, though? They're winning, and I love. It's not good, you know, though. I- you don't want to win now. Right, but eleven I mean, and nineteen in 2016—it's the formula. But if you could put together a couple of, you know, a couple of base hits every inning, you know, you're you're on your way. No, I like, know you. And love that's it. the kind of baseball I love. Like I, you know, a home run's fun every yeah. so often, but I don't want them up there just winging for yeah, home runs yeah, all yeah. the time. Because then it's the strikeouts and just nothing's happening. So, uh, but listen to this, Christian Adames, and he's been playing later in the game, so you can pretty much assume that he's been facing a lower level of pitching, okay? So take this with a grain of salt, but they've taken a great look at Adames. He's got 36 at-bats, and uh, he's uh, got the three home runs. Uh, he's batting four forty-four. He's got an OBP of four seventy-five, slugging eight thirty-three for an OPS of thirteen oh eight. So, so, and you, he's a you were asking stop. about how old he was and all that, right? Yeah. So how he's, old is he? He's twenty-seven, right? And two hundred thirty-five days. So you know he's almost twenty-eight. Okay. His debut in the big leagues, twenty twelve or something, right? No, July 29th, twenty fourteen. Oh no, I know that was his first game of the majors. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's first, right. That was that's his right. debut, and that's right. You know, so, that, so it's it's. It's one of those things that you think of like, oh, somebody playing in that game, but, uh, you know, must have been with the team, would have been older. You know what I mean? So, but it's funny that that was like the absolute first time he ever played. Yeah. But yeah, so he's he's been in for four years, all with Colorado. And um, I think he's still got time on his contract. Yeah, I'm on his team control, you know? Yeah, because, the yeah, team control is six years. Yeah, so I think. So they- if they've got him. He's played one full season at the big league level. So 2016, he played 121 games for, or he played in 121 games for the Rockies. He had 256 plate appearances. Other than that, like he's got almost no time in the majors. Yeah. I mean, he was kind of a former prospect. Uh, I mean, I don't know if he's, he's not sticking around. So, but who knows? Uh, I mean, he's having a great spring and I'm sure he's turning some heads at least as somebody that could be pretty serviceable. I don't expect him to hit 444, you know. It just seems the... so weird that his first – I mean, I guess he is 23. He would, he had probably been in for a while. Yeah, this, minors, I mean, he's yeah. not young. I mean, when you were saying he was young, I, I was thinking he was like 
23. No, no he's, he's a minor leaguer who's had some cups of coffee, you know, up in yeah. the majors, and he just doesn't have a lot of experience. But, you know, Daniel Descalso's got the experience. Adam Ace kind of does what he does. He's a middle infielder, so I don't know. I, I'm just saying it's nice to have a little bit of depth down there if they can, you know, I guess he'll be at Iowa, but – um. Well, I, if, I think. if he can hit, they'll need somebody off the bench because Descalzo is not going to be the guy. Bodie can be there. He'll get – they'll want to get him more work, but they they will need that guy for the pinch-hitting duties late in the game. Apparently, at some point, Christian Ademais was a Marlin because um, he's wearing a Marlins hat in his picture. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah, I see – that he's wearing a Marlins hat, but he's only ever played with the Rockies in the majors. But yeah, maybe he's got maybe he got league. traded to the Marlins, and yeah, who knows? The Cubs got him at two more years of arbitration on him. So, so that's where that's where we're at with him. So he's got to look up his his minor league stuff and see why he's. I mean, he looks impressive. I mean, you know, spring training, you know. But if you're going to earn a spot on a team, then he's doing it. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Um, another guy having a great spring. Uh, Albert Almora, two homers uh, on the spring and 34 at-bats. Uh, he's knocked in seven. He hasn't taken a walk. So uh, there's old good old well, Albert there, you know. But just- So his, uh, his minor league picture, picture, he has the, like, one of the best minor league hats on in, it's the New Orleans Baby Cakes. Well, I, I thought you were going to say baby killers. No, the ba- the baby cake. So, you know, like uh, Mardi Gras, they have the sure. cake. People eat the cake, and if you get the baby, it's like good luck or some shit like that. And so the New Orleans baby cakes, AAA, PCL, they have like this kind of crazy, you know, Mardi Gras baby on their hat. I love it. Not to get too far away from uh, Albert Almora, uh, but uh, did you see the flying chanclas? Hat that's gonna that's gonna be part of the I believe it's San Antonio the mission team. It's a, it's a flying um, flip flop because the big joke am- amongst many Latinos is that their mother would throw flip flops at them. So the fans voted, and now the mascot is a flying flip flop that your mom would throw at you when you were a kid. The, wow, the flying chocolates. <laughs> that's so, hilarious. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I don't know why he has a Marlins hat on. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. He, Maybe he just the, likes the, the Marlins. The he's Rockies like, signed him as a non-drafted free agent in 2007, and he's been with them the whole time. Is it possible that that's not a picture of Christian Adames and somebody just mistagged it? <laughs> <laughs> is it possible that he's just a Miami Marlins fan? Oh, it's actually Giancarlo Stanton from three years ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> didn't ever notice that before. Uh, so here's an Albert Almora back to him. One walk in 34 plate appearances. But check this out. One strikeout. One. Yeah, he's not getting paid to walk in spring training. I don't think that's what they want him working no, on, no. right? Well, I kind of think you do. Because you, you think of him as somebody that, if he was d- different, <laughs> that he could be a good leadoff hitter. You know what I mean? Like That's it, true. You know, it, and... Here's the thing, though. His average, obviously, by taking no walks, is 382, which is the same as his on-base percentage. 
He's, <laughs> right. He's hit two home runs. He's slugging 618. His OPS is 1,000. He's having a good spring, but he's very much himself. You know? Right. But, you know, I mean, through most – he was right around 300 all last year. Oh, yeah. No, that's who he is, and everybody says it's an empty batting average because he's got no OBP. And it, it that's and that's kind of stupid. It's like, but if it's three hundred, if you're batting three hundred and your OBP is three hundred, that's still pretty good. Well, it's, you're not walking. <laughs> you're just swinging out there. You're just swinging. Well, yeah, but if 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 you're not walking and you're hitting two twenty seven, then yeah, that that sucks. Yeah, then that sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's better than yeah, it's better than that. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, but if you're but if you're up there and you're you know you're swinging, you've got a three hundred average. Then, I mean, I think you can live without walking much. Not yet. No, I agree with that. If you're if you're getting hits, uh, I and it's a great leadoff hitter thing because he's a singles guy for the most part. You know what I mean? Like if he did walk more, he'd be like the perfect leadoff guy. You know, but I maybe you can't walk more if you're gonna bat 300. Does that make sense? Like you're gonna have to swing at some pitches and knock them in for bloop hits that are out of the zone to hit 300, as opposed to taking that walk. You you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't know. It's that's a Albert Almora is what he is, and he's doing exactly. I'm just impressed at the one strikeout. I I think that's great. You know. Um, not that yeah, that was well, a huge see, problem it, for it, him, but there you go. I mean, that's that's the other part of it. Like people bitch because he doesn't walk, but if you're not striking out, if you're putting the ball into play, as long as it's not like fucking double play, like he's batting second yeah. in every game. Like Hayward, the leadoff guy gets on, he hits into a double play. Like, like when Hayward used to roll over to second with a man yeah. on first, like one out, man on first. Uh, twenty twenty sixteen Hayward. Oh my God! Like you could just you could be like, oh, I'm gonna go take a leak because uh, <laughs> this, there's going to be a double play happening in. Yeah, five, it was going to be four, a double play three. end of the inning. You may as well get on the bathroom early, early. so you can you know stop yeah. in, grab your beer, and then be back before the next for the next inning. Yeah, that's yeah. how you do it. So, uh, Elmore's having a great time of it. Um, I don't, and what, I love that, and I really hope Elmore gets. He's a good more player, and his time. and shit, his defense is excellent. You know, so yeah. it, I mean, the package is really good. You know, he's uh, been the one of the more frustrating things that Joe Man has done over the last, I guess, two years more. Just last year, but like, I keep wanting to see more Almora, and let, then you get all the people who are, make the argument, and they may be correct that Joe uses him in ways that benefits Albert Almora. Yeah, uses him against lefties. Right in that period end of story, yeah, and maybe and maybe that is the case. It just feels like he could be an everyday player, and I'd like to see that. But yeah, but between him and Hap, that's a uh, Hap against uh, the righties. That's a pretty strong platoon. Yeah. So um, another guy having a great. I'm not going to get too into him, but Taylor Davis is having a nice uh, spring. Only 21 at bats, but he's got eight hits. Okay, seven ribbies. It's pretty good. Yeah, uh, it's weird though because then when he's running to second, he stops and stares at the camera and gets thrown out every time. No, he's got two doubles, so not every time. <laughs> he's got no triples though, so that's probably what happened there. Oh, a catcher with no triples? Yeah, Trade no, him. No, I've Fire seen everything. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he has got no stolen bases either. Um, the but he's batting uh three eighty one. 
Uh, he's got an OPS at 935. So, hey, TD. I mean, for a catcher in spring training, and he's playing at the end of the game against shitty pitchers and all that. But uh, the other guy used to be a catcher that I'm going to talk about, Kyle Schwarber having a nice uh, spring. Uh, he hasn't hit a single home run, though. So I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, that's a little concerning. Uh, last year, he was a much thinner uh, version of Kyle Schorber, and I haven't really been clocking. He's gained some of the weight back, but yeah, he's not he like the big guy. Yeah, no, that won't be till the September. Yeah. <laughs> September, it'll be fucking huge. They'll be rolling him out to left. They'll be like, so, you got to be a catcher again. Yeah, so, so is it that, you know, he, he still never figured out the whole, like, hit it hard when you're small. I mean, he had, what, 25 home, 26 homers last year. So that's not really the issue. I don't know. I Maybe mean, he's just not trying to hit home runs right now. Yeah, that might be it. I mean, and he is hitting the ball. Like, he's 10 for 28. And um, among that, though, uh, four doubles. So half of those are extra base hits. Uh, he's taken nine walks. Nine, nine times. walks, but he struck out tw- 10 times, um, even stole two bases. So I think that we might be seeing good old Kyle in the leadoff spot again. And I know that that experiment didn't go all that well. The first time it was like that they broke out of the the gate with him right. batted 200 and, you know, it wasn't good. See, it, it, and, and that's when we get into this situation like you get Kyle Schwarber out there. He does walk more. But he only he only bats two thirty, so it's like you know, or do you want Almora with a you know three hundred getting on base yes. and not walking? Yeah, set. Yeah, I don't know. I mean the the OBP's five twenty six for Schwarber, and yeah, Almora I mean, is, is three eighty two, and this is, these are spring numbers. But I mean, Kyle Schwarber, it you know he's got a lot. I mean that he can bring you. He can. He's got the eye. They don't want to put it out there for him because then he will hit it over the fence because he's got the power. So they, they can challenge Almore a little bit more, you know, in that way. So, but yeah, I mean, yeah, how do you want a guy on first base is is the question. And in uh, many uh, respects, I'd rather have Kyle Schwarber hitting with a man on first base. Right, right. So. But Kyle Schwarber right now is hitting over 300. And he hasn't really shown us that in an actual season yet. No, no. But I think he's really capable of it. I could see Schwarber, not, maybe not 300, but like I could see him batting 280. Like if it's that Kyle Schwarber that kind of just was on base, like when he came back in the 2016 World Series, you know, and he, he was just hitting everything, getting on base any which way. And a lot of it was they hadn't figured about. They found a lot of holes in his swing. He was swinging at garbage. He obviously figured some shit out to get – his average up last year, but it still wasn't high. What did he bat last year? It wasn't great. I mean, it wasn't traditionally great. You know, it might, <laughs> you know, like if you're in a batting average, I'm saying there's many more metri- metrics by which we could look at these things, is what right. I'm saying. Uh, you know, like you say, the OBP and all that stuff, too. Yeah. How many walks you take and how many extra base hits? Yeah. I mean, he, he, home batted, two, he, he yeah. batted 238. His OBP was 356. See, I can see him. That's ba- not great. It's not the, no, but oh, wait, what was the OBP? 356. That's really good. Well, that's I mean, really I good. guess we're talking let's about you, like when we're going back and forth with uh, 
you know, a 300, a 300 hitter that doesn't walk and he, so he's got a 300. It's not a ton different. Better yeah, than I, I get it. Yeah. He does bring the 26 homers. That's the thing. Yeah. He, which is why you maybe don't want him, which is why maybe you don't want him leading off is all I'm saying. Like, don't you want, I mean, yeah, you want him batting with somebody on base. Yeah. As much as possible. Sure. You know, is is all I'm saying, because he's got he'll hit more doubles. You know, he'll hit more triples. Yeah. But if he hits, nah, maybe if he could somehow but... hit 280, and if he hits 280 and hits 25 home runs, I mean, that's my. There, there's you're not going to get much better than that. I'd love to see it, but my unfortunate prediction is that. Kyle Schwarber's weight will hit 280 before his fucking <laughs> average will. <laughs> so, just yeah. so here's another guy, uh, Mark Zagunis. You know, late in the games, I get it. Uh, but hey, this guy's a, he had a cup of coffee with the Cubs. He's having a great spring. He's out there. He's uh, hit three home runs, driven in eleven. Uh, he struck out eight times, uh, which is actually less than Schwarber. Uh, but he's hit the three home runs to go with it and only taken two walks. I don't know. This guy, you know, some, somebody goes down in the outfields. You can bring up Zagunas for a week or two and make it happen, you know? Right. I mean, So I was just looking at Kyle Schwarber's stats. His batting average right now is one point higher than his OBP was last year. So his OBP was 356. He's actually hitting 357. Oh Jesus! Right now, so probably not sustainable. No, no, I would doubt. <laughs> so uh, a couple other guys having. Uh, I'll just do the last two here. Um, uh, uh, I hate to say it, but Addison Russell is having a strange spring. Um, he, he hasn't been out there that much; only twenty-one at bats, but he has seven hits in those twenty-one at bats. Now, here's the strange thing, and I'm wondering if you can maybe even explain it to me how this could be. His batting average is 333, but his OBP is 304. How do you have a higher average? It is because when you have very small sample sizes, (laughs) what happened though? Sacrifice flies. Oh, is that it? Weighted get weighted in there and can throw it off. That's the only way it's because we, you see that every so often, like right at like the first, like few games when it's only like 20 at bats, but yeah. And, and I don't know how the math works exactly, but it's, it's something to do with sacrifice flies that get that mess with it where you're getting points, (laughs) but you're not getting OBP. Gotcha. You know, somebody somebody much smarter at math can figure that out for me. But it's just it's one of those anomalies that you see in the first week of baseball every year. Somebody's got a fucking OBP that's less than their less average. than their average. So uh yeah, Russell the, the here's the the downside if you want to talk shit about him for a moment. He's uh struck out seven times in twenty one at bats. Um so that's that's more that's a third of the time he's not taking a single walk. Um, Wilson Contreras also having a, uh, a I mean he was kind of on fire for a week. Uh, he's got a three twenty average, three ninety three OBP, and a um, because of his two home runs, an OPS up over a thousand. 
Uh, and uh, he, that's the only other person or besides Trent Jimbroni with a uh, OPS <laughs> OPS over a thousand and, and Jared Young. Sorry, he's got a he's got Trent a couple Jimbroni was like he, he got named out of a, a MLB the show name generator. <laughs> exactly. Just one of those guys you could bring up. Not even MLB the show. It's like old bases loaded for fucking Sega. <laughs> From so, 1983, yeah. A honorable mention on this list. Uh, I Rizzo has two home runs and is batting 300. So does Brian have 200, two home runs. He's he's almost batting 300. But who I'm really digging is uh, tied for the team lead in home runs with three is uh, Johnny Field. Now, oh Johnny Field, people love Field. He's a strikeout love home the- run guy. If I ever saw one, 17 strikeouts in, <laughs> in 42 at bats. Um, they've seen, in fact, he might lead the team in at bats. He does. Ian Happ has 41, not having a good spring. We'll get to him. Um, but yeah, Johnny Fields, three home runs. Uh, he's 17 at bats. He's taken four walks. Uh, so that's not terrible. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm loving little Johnny Field out there. What a name. What a baseball yeah. name. He's like the great white hope for white guys. See, in, in like Johnny, Johnny Field, Field knows he's not he's not making the team. So that, so they're just like, yeah, swing out of your shoes every yeah. time. And why not? He's facing minor league pitching at the end of the game. I don't think he's got a start yet. So So uh should we let's talk about the pitchers. We'll do the good first. Do all the good. All the good. All the good. Um no actually let's do the bad hitters first. I want to talk because I'm already on that page. All right. Okay. So who's who's not having a, a particularly uh, good spring? I mentioned him. Uh, Ian Happ. Uh, he's batting 146, OBP of 205. His OPS is 400. He has not hit a home run. Um, he has struck out eight times in 41 at bats. That's not terrible. He's walked three times. Like it's just, but he's not he's not hitting the ball anywhere. Um, uh, now. There you go. I mean, Ian Happ could be the guy that gets that goes you know, down that that, that goes down quicker to to fix that shit if he doesn't figure that out. Sorry, I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, yeah, no, I if it's it's not working out here. But remember, he tore the cover off the ball last spring. So uh, it could be. Progression is a really powerful thing. In this case, it works in our favor. It could. It really yeah, could. He, here. I mean, he tore the cover off the ball right up until the very first pitch of the major league season. And then, and, and then, then he, he disappeared for a month. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> he comes back for a month this time. He has a really shitty opening day. Then he tears it up. Uh, ben Zobris not having a great spring. He's also batting under the Mendoza line here. Only 26 at bats. They're not. No home runs, uh, you know, nothing to write home about. Uh, right, but small sample you know, he, size. He started a little slow last year, had his back issues, right, and we we wrote his obituary, and he had an amazing season. So, another guy with no homers is uh, Javi Baez. Uh, so uh, he's, you know, been thirty three at bats. He's batting two seventy three. It's not terrible, but his OPS is six twenty seven because of the lack of power. So, um, you know. The, those are your three main guys. Oh, oh, Hayward, I should mention, too, uh, uh, because he's the worst. I was going to save him for last. Jason Hayward, 
Oh, we're we're getting back to uh, 2016 Hayward, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, this is rough. Three, He's going to be out there churning the butter and all that shit. Three for 24 without a single extra base hit. Oh, <sighs> Jesus. Yeah, he's batting Man. one, batting 125. That uh, this spring. It, it's funny how much of that bums me out. <laughs> well, we're all I, I rooting have such for. I hopes for this guy. Well, you don't want the assholes who've been yelling about him for the last three years to be right. Well, you know, you know, to he was like, this guy's a bum. I can't believe Theo's an idiot for signing him. What a fucking dumb contract. All those guys will be right, and it'll be terrible because they're the worst fans that we have. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, you want to see him yeah, you want to see him have success. I mean, and uh, he he's he's a nice guy, he's very attractive. Like Yeah. He's he my keep, he's my he team crush, but it's keeps his nose clean. Like everything about him screams like this is a great great person who can definitely play baseball is just not doing it right now and like for whatever reason whatever happened to him you know he just never got it back it's it's weird and it's frustrating show me on but. the doll where the commissioner touched you <laughs> something it's, happens he just points to his face because yeah. it's ever since he got hit in the face with the show, ball show me on your ass where the bee stung you Jason, um, yeah, I think maybe just the sun's gotten in his eyes too many times and his brain is just fried. Like the, you know, it's possible that, you know, all that sun that he always sees in right field does makes it so he can't see when he goes to the plate. Yeah, he's got those little, like, uh, little sunspots in his eyes. Yeah, just looking at it, he's like, I just see, like, three balls coming at me. I don't know what I'm looking at. It's possible. Um, let's get into the good pitchers, and I think this is an exciting thing. I don't know how I feel totally about this, but um, you, Darvish, who's pitching tomorrow, um, he's had a pretty good spring. I mean, the velocity's up. He's had eight strikeouts in seven innings, 7.1 innings, 245 ERA. The only thing that's bad is the seven walks that he's given up. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't like that. Do you like it, Michael? <laughs> I love, I love I when love he gives walks. Walk. Yeah, yeah. Seven walks, More eight walks. strikeouts. I mean, you kind of you want to see those walks come down. I don't know. You figure like you know, is you Darvish working on something? Yeah, you know, probably working on just remembering how to fucking pitch again after being out for so long. Right, and I don't know. Obviously, I haven't been watching. There's nothing to watch. It's not a TV. Right. the The umpires are a pain in my ass. Like. Is he work? Is he trying to find the edge, right? You know, like yeah, yeah, exactly. is he trying to find that lower edge, the outer edge, the inner edge, and that? Because if that's what he's doing, then that's going to lead to a lot of walks right now. I just hope he can find it, and he actually starts to get those calls. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we haven't seen what his balls look like. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> Um, uh, Jose Quintana having a nice spring, which is very encouraging. Um, he's got an ERA of two in nine innings pitched, he, uh, which means he's given up two runs, both earned. Uh, one home run. He struck out seven in those. Uh, uh, wait, am I reading that right? No, six, and walked three. And he's led uh, 
hitters have only batted 188 off of him. So that's good. Yeah, that's good. I mean, he's but those are the only two. Having can starters go? step up and be number three, number two caliber pitcher oh, would huge. be huge. Just huge. It would yeah. If if he has a a, a year like just a, a good solid strong year, you know maybe like the kind of year that gets him into the mid double digits like wins and stuff and he eats up some innings gets into the sixth inning every day like that would be amazing well and we've seen it like i mean granted it was against the orioles but when he debuted in uh 2017 he like struck out forget 11 12 you oh, know yeah when he first came in with the cubs he was a strikeout machine but then he was also a like get touched up machine there too like one game he would just get hit all over the yeah, place yeah he was Jekyll and Hyde and uh, I mean, and last year his strikeout uh, high was 10 which is good and he did it in only 5.2 innings but like that's all you're getting out of him like I'm looking last year his last four starts of the year he's going five innings and with the bullpen and shambles last year that's not stepping up right but you know? that's also the way that Madden handles his pitchers True, I mean, you can't put it on Quintana only. Yeah, because it, Quintana was doing that, like that 5.2, he had the 10 strikeout game. You would think, why are you pulling, like just thinking of the numbers, like why are you pulling it? Yeah. Obviously, Joe was seeing well, something he didn't like. You, but... well, well, it's also the third time through numbers for Quintana, which we talked about earlier this winter, and they're not good. No, they're, <laughs> they're not good. They're really bad, in fact. So I mean it's 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 a significant I'm I'm that'll trying... that'll be the the commissioner's next uh edict will be uh, every starting pitcher has to see the lineup three times because he wants offense oh, and that's yeah. how he's going to get it. Exactly. Well, then you'll get it. Uh yeah, his debut with the Cubs on July 16th in Baltimore. I was at this game. Cubs win 8-0. He went 7 and struck out 12 and that's never happened again. In fact, I don't know if he that, that might be his career high strikeouts. I don't know. I'm looking it up. Yeah, I don't see any of the year before. Anyway, I'm not going to look the whole thing up. He's pitched a lot of years. <laughs> it's a lot yeah. of game logs to be sorting through. And I know there's an easy way to find it, but I'm not doing it. Um, so uh, now here are the relievers that have been very impressive. Um, Alan Webster. I mean, and this is what the argument's about here. Um, he's He's been in there nine innings of relief. Uh, pitching he's given up two runs but he struck out 10 in those nine innings that's you know it's very impressive and um he's held hitters to a 125 average he's got a 0.78 whip he's uh walked three in those nine innings it's not terrible and um i don't know they're giving him a good look and he's not going to make the team and it's kind of disheartening because if in if it was about making the team for a performance, he makes the team. And he might make the, be up with the team just because, um, uh, you know, we don't know about Strope coming back. They say he's going to be back for the start of the season. But I don't know, man. What it, he, he tweaked that hammy again. That's the same thing he tweaked last year. So you got to be real worried about that shit. That's yeah, going to be an all-year nagging bullshit thing. He's yeah, old. especially when it's cold in Chicago for the full, first full month. 
Well, he's back dancing in the bullpen, so at least that at least he's not sitting out on the bench anymore in the freezing cold, dodging or playing the don't flinch game. Because <laughs> that's how you really tweak. That's well, that's how you actually get smashed in the face with a ball. <laughs> yeah, you don't you, you don't a, tweak a, a hammy there because you yeah. haven't moved. So Alan Webster, a heck of a spring. I I really like this guy. He was up last year, and um, uh, Dylan Meckes. Has had a nice uh, spring, and and I wrote it down that he was having a nice spring, and then I think he got touched up the other day. Um, let's see. Yeah, no, he's still got a 150 earn run average. He's only pitched six innings, uh, giving up two hits and a run. Um, oh, I didn't even mention that. No, yeah, I did. I did mention that. Uh, yeah, so Dylan Mac, and this is another arm, .83 whip. I don't I mean, this guy came up last year, too, when the on the Iowa shuttle, and uh, – I don't know. It could could be somebody that they, I I really don't remember seeing him. Yeah, he like, was up. It did was, he get like one batter, one game or something? Or I think was it was it a, a Rob Zestrizny where he kept coming up and never get you know never getting a game type of thing. Wait, his name's Dakota Meckes. I've been calling him Dylan. How did I not think his name was Dakota? I don't know. How come I call him Dylan? Is there a Dylan Meckes out there? Dakota Meckes. I feel like an idiot now. <laughs> so did he get into a game? Maybe he didn't. Maybe it was Dylan Meckes that got into the game. <laughs> I don't. Wait, even... who the fuck is Dylan Meckes? I'm looking him up. Dylan Meckes. Yeah, Dylan Meckes. No, and then it comes up with Dakota Meckes. Fuck. Did he? Did he do a Giancarlo Stanton on us? I might be mixing him up with somebody else. This guy was not up. He was not. I was going to say, I, I didn't remember no, a Meckes from you're last right. year. But. You're right. So, uh, no, he's he's he, he didn't play any games. But anyway, he's had a nice spring and is another arm to look at. Um, now, Dunsing has been good. I thought Dunsing was bad. No, no, Dunsing is bad. I'm sorry. I, uh, what did, what <laughs> I got 8-10. Uh no, Chatwood has been good. That's yeah, Chatwood has been good. Chatwood has been really good. Out of the pen only. So that's kind of interesting. Like he hasn't walked a single batter out of the pen this year. Oh, in this spring. Well, I mean, in if that's what it takes, they have technically they have five starters. They don't need They don't him need him to start. Yeah, he's he's given up uh four runs in eleven innings. Um, he's, uh, walked four all as a starter and he struck out seven. So like he's got a one, two, two, seven whip ERA, a three, two, seven. If you get that out of Chatwood out of the pen and he doesn't give up those runs cause he hasn't been giving them up as a reliever. So if you can bring Chatwood in at the bottom of the lineup, <laughs> see is see the seven eight nine guy and then well, i think he might be your sixth inning guy that might take a couple innings i don't know yeah i Use mean it would be long, good he's he not going to be a starter actually, unless yeah, they go if he six was man good enough to take two innings when he would come out that'd be amazing you could probably do that every i mean i don't know how stretched out he is you know what i mean like is he I, is he can he do two innings like every other day uh, no. no, I mean every third day maybe. Do that. 
No, no. Every third day, maybe, or like two innings, mm-hmm. one inning, two innings, one inning kind of thing, depending on how the game goes, the need of the game, you know. He could be very valuable if if he's uh, can excel in his new role. I think that we might see a resurgence of uh, Tyler Chatwood. I really hope so, because he was terrible last year. I mean, worse than terrible. So if he could do anything this year, it'd be it'd be wonderful. Um, Dylan Maples. Uh, let's see. Let's look him up before I say he's having a good spring, because I obviously put these. Maybe guys that's in. what you're doing. Maybe you're you're. You're thinking of Dylan Maples when you're saying Dakota Meccas. Yeah, that could be because – but Dakota Meccas is having a nice spring, so he should be on that list. Dylan Maples, yeah, we haven't seen a lot of him, only 5.1 uh, innings pitched, uh, but only three walks and 10 strikeouts. So you got to love those strikeout numbers. 10 strikeouts at 5.1 innings, 338. I mean, 338 earned run average, giving up a home run, but like – you know, nobody can hit this guy. I really yeah. hope that he can be, I, I don't know. I, I'm rooting for him so bad because his shit is electric. If he can put it together, he is such a weapon. God, he's such a weapon. Yeah. But um, but he's got to put it together. What can you do? Yeah. No, all these young guys, you know, when they when they get their chance, they need to put it together. He had, he had some opportunities last year, maybe – the extra year is enough and he'll he'll come on yeah just get some confidence or some, i don't know what it is i think it's i think it's a head case thing i really do i think you know pitching is that cat and mouse game and he's got that really sick slider i think he gets in his own head and can't throw it for a strike sometimes and then um i mean he might not be throwing it for a strike on those strikeouts but it looks like a strike so it's working out you know yeah or it could be that you know the the sliders he's throwing in, you know, it's the same slider, but the, you know, the PCL, they're swinging at him. Yeah. And in the major leagues, you know, what happened to Jake? Once they figured out that the slider's not going to be a strike, they just quit swinging at it. Yeah. So here's who's having a bad spring that, um, you know, uh, and yeah, Brian Dunsing is on this list. He's given up um, six runs. In um, on eight hits in only six point two innings, he's given up two home runs in those innings. Um, he's got an eight ten earned run average. Um, I don't know. It sucks, man. He's making a uh, not a. I mean, he's making millions of dollars, and those other guys that we were just talking about having good springs are not. So yeah, they're making. You know, minimum. If they if they get up to the big leagues, they're making some version of five hundred, right? Yeah, yeah, prorated. Yeah, um, he's not having a good spring. Uh, uh, I guess I'll just start with the bullpen. Um, Rosario, uh, they're they're hitting him hard. It, he, he's giving up seven runs on eight hits. No, sorry, eight runs on eleven hits in five point two innings. Yeah, that's not good. That's. Yeah. Hitters are and that's batting. The worry, right? It's it's not so much the runs. It's it's all that hard contact. Yeah, because even the outs are hard. Yeah, <laughs> the, the hitters are batting three seventy nine. Those balls are falling in, and that's what I'm afraid to see at Wrigley this year. Um, let's see, Mike Zagurski is not working out. He's he's got a six thirty five earn run average. He's too fat to pitch. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, here's going to be somebody that's frustrating because he's going to be right in the middle. And I'm afraid this is just going to be how his year is going to go. He's only pitched six innings. Um, Brandon Kinsler with a 450 earned run average. I just think that's who he is. Yeah. It's just going to be a mediocre inning eating guy that costs five fucking million dollars. So, like, there's, a, <laughs> there's another bad move. Now, you know, best case scenario, like he somehow puts it together, but they're really counting on that to happen. Otherwise, he's your fifth, sixth inning guy, unfortunately. Maybe even the seventh, so. It feels like they've got a lot of fifth, sixth inning guys, right? <laughs> yeah, well, but not really. Not somebody good. <laughs> they don't no, no, that. but they're in there, like, yeah, they, I mean. Because, yeah. I mean, and guys that haven't pitched much, Montgomery, you know, he's only taken four innings. C-Sheck is only taken four innings, so and they've been good. C-Sheck hasn't given up a single run. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess they should make the good list. I just didn't think they pitched enough to say what they did. Um, but it, And neither has Kinsler, really. So, um, these are all small sample sizes. But uh, Kyle Hendricks, not a great spring. Hitter's batting 341 off of him, although he has 11 strikeouts in 10.2 innings. So, but he's given up six runs, but I spring, you know, I, I, him, I know I don't worry about. Yeah. And the fact that he's gotten 11 strikeouts. Yes. He's he's working it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Although John Lester, I, I will say he has had a bad spring and I think he'd even tell you he had a bad spring. Uh, 953 earned run average, given up 12 runs in 11.1 innings. He has given up four home runs, and it's making me think of John Lackey. Yeah, yeah. He's got the 13. End of John Lackey's yeah, career. Yeah, he's got 13 strikeouts, and but four fucking home runs in 11 innings. Like, yeah. Man, I don't care if you struck out the side. You just gave up three runs on a two run shot, and, uh, uh, it's just not good. I don't know. Um, but, you know, he's a veteran. We got to hope that – because if he's not there, well, then you could just kind of write off the season. <laughs> you know, he's your number one. Like, he, Yeah, he's one of those one of those guys. If John Lester doesn't have a – at least, like, a, a number two level starter, it's it's going to be a long season. Yeah. And Cole Hamels is another one I'm kind of worried about for the exact same reason. Uh, you know, not not the home run reason. Wait, am I right in saying, yeah, no, it really is four fucking home runs. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. That's too funny. Um, uh, Cole Hamels, you know, he's given up five runs in nine innings. Uh, struck out seven. I don't know. But I'm worried about him for the same reason. I'm like, how many, how m- many more times is this guy going to go out there? So um, I'm just hoping this is a little rust on our uh, supposedly top three starting pitchers, unless you consider Quintana one. Uh, but it hasn't been good from those guys. So It would be really nice if somehow Darvish became the one that we all wanted him to be. Yeah, yeah. And Quintana became the two, and then the other three could just kind of oh, yeah. fill in the rest of it. Oh, yeah. Like, that would actually be a pretty good – lineup yeah changing of the guard but it would it would work in our favor sorry i'm not done (laughs) regression is a really powerful that's what i was looking for in this case (laughs) it works in our favor e flat it's e flat on my keyboard all right 
So, uh, yeah, we already talked about Strope being injured. Um, you know, we've kind of talked about the, the bull penis. And um, are, are you mad that uh, they're not going after Kimbrell? What's wrong with Kimbrell that nobody wants him? Or is it just too much money or too many years? Or, like, we don't know what he's asking for, but. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know what he's asking for either. But I'm I'm mad that they're not going after anybody. Like they're they it just feels like they're not even in the talks. That's what's frustrating. Like maybe they don't get them, but be there. Be there with your you know, with your low ball offer and try to get something going. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we'd hear about a low ball offer, and maybe they don't do things like that because then everybody'll think they're assholes. Yeah. Like don't well, but I mean a low ball may be, you know, one million off of everybody else's one, but they're in the conversation. They're there, you know, doing I mean, like uh when the White Sox were going for Manny Machado, they didn't give him a great offer, but they gave him an offer. They're like, Hey, nobody's giving you an offer. Here's what we'll do. And they were willing to work on that, I guess, and move up, but but you gotta get into the talk. If you're not going to even be there, then it doesn't matter what he gets. Well, it's really frustrating. We're never there. Well, and it's frustrating because you know, I, I th- there's a lot riding on Pedro Strope's hamstring right now. You know what I mean? Like Cshek can close, but if he's your everyday closer the whole year, I don't know if that's going to work out for you. You know, I mean, he's great. And he was very effective last year. And, but, you know, he is the next, except for maybe Carl Edwards Jr., but he hasn't proven anything except for a new fucking hitch step in his delivery. Yeah. At one point, we really did think, you know, Carl Edwards Jr. could do it. Sure. But yeah, he's- and he maybe still could. He's young, but, uh, but I hope he can, but he's not showing that he can. Yeah. And they've got a, a couple of guys at the back end, but you, you're putting a lot on Strope's hamstring. And the fact that, you know, you're expecting him to be healthy and you already know that Brandon Morrow is going to be at least a month. And then who knows what you got, because, you know, that could take another month to get him back into real shape. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know. So there's too many question marks at the back end of the bullpen to not be going after somebody like Kimbrell, you know, if you want to compete. Yeah, at and, least in and, April and May. I mean, is yeah, I don't know. Otherwise, don't you're know. gonna have to. Otherwise, you're gonna have to give up something to get somebody like you did for Chapman. If you really think you're going for it, you know, I like mean, by July. Maybe t- he's who? Who was the dude last year? Uh, that was the closer for the Rockies. Nobody picked him up. The Cardinals got him for a song, and he blew ass. Oh yeah, he went. He went to uh, Greg Holland. Um, Greg Holland, yeah, right. Like maybe he's a Greg Holland. Like we just don't know that he's Greg Holland yet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but we're about to find out. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know. So that it just kind of bothers me when you look around and and you see that there are definite needs. Still, no backup catcher to the backup catcher. Um, you know, but uh, unless it's Taylor Davis because he's having a good spring. Spring, yeah. That's what they're hoping for. Yeah, well, he's also because the fans will love him and they'll all show up at Wrigley Field even if the Cubs are 500. Oh, you know, they're like, oh, let's bring up Taylor Davis and trade away Wilson Contreras because we're selling. Selling. Oh, that'll be a fun show. Oh, my God. <laughs> the, show, the show when uh, when Rizzo and Al Mora get traded <laughs> <laughs> for, for uh, prospects. 
Yeah. <laughs> it'll be, yeah. So, uh, it'll be me up on a roof. Well, one thing that's going to happen is a bunch of rule changes, and there's going to be some this year, some next year. And uh, that are already kind of set up. I don't know if they could. I guess they could still change back. And be like, ah, now nah, we're not going to do that next year. But there's twenty, there's twenty nineteen changes and there's twenty twenty changes. And one of the changes I'm really excited about for twenty twenty is the twenty six man roster, twenty seven in postseason, twenty eight for the September Cups, which means all sorts of backup catchers, catchers galore. We can have or, <laughs> or a really fast guy. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna see those fast guys getting getting shots. Yeah, fast guys and backup catchers, or it's that's all it's gonna be. But um, there'll also be a DH, I bet. So <laughs> it's, it's possible. You know, I don't know. It's they they've had so many opportunities for the DH. I I I personally, you know, I don't like it. You know, I want I want the rules to stay the same so that. There are two different leagues. I think that is, it's interesting. I think it's fun. And, but I hate the fatalism of everybody who, so many people out there are like, I hate the DH, but it's going to come. You know, I, I no, hate that it's, it's, it's over. It's over. All the DH haters, uh, especially in Cubs blogdom, you had uh, Al Yellen, you had uh, Brett Taylor. They were all anti-DH within the last couple of years. They've all come around and been like, I like the DH now. They're all for it. The and, DH is stupid. Yeah. Well, I, I still think it's a stupid coming. thing. Even I don't like Corey Finneran. Corey Finneran came around. I know. And I don't and I don't understand. And I think it's because it's this stupid fatalism that everybody's had. It's like, I don't like the DH, but well, nobody wants to be on the wrong side of history, right? which, which you're like, going to be on. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. They all say that, right? So are you going to be just bitching about the DH for the rest of your life because it's coming? It just, I mean, I I but think see, it's but coming. you just said it too. It's coming. It is. Nobody fucking. Like, it is. You don't have to actually. Michael, you should just accept it. It's like no, you're going through the stages of grief. You don't have to fucking accept anything until it happens, until it actually happens. You can keep saying, and that's the problem is they are just fucking wearing people down. Okay, I'm looking at the five stages. Until, of- they, can do, until <laughs> they can get people to just be like, well, whatever. And then they don't fucking say anything about it. But it's like if you hate the DH, fucking say you hate the DH and you don't have to put any qualifiers behind it. Like, I guess it's going to come. No, just fucking say I hate the DH. You don't need to accept that it's going to happen. That's that's kind of what they're waiting for because it's not a great thing. They're Every, just waiting for everybody who's fucking argued against it to just quit arguing. And because, they did. And they why? did. Except for you. You're the last person on earth. You well, and, you and, and my, t- my designated hater t-shirt that I made. Well, and I'm not necessarily like – I like – the fact that the leagues are different. Right. So that's what I want to maintain. I want like it was an unintended consequence of a stupid thing that happened in the 70s. Yeah. No, I I agree with you because it's and the idea was, okay, we're going to open up well, at the time, what, 12 jobs for fat old hitters. And we're not going to make the pitchers hit anymore because they suck. 
And then that was fine because you got 12 more hitters. But now they want all 30 to to have it, you know. And and it's going to happen. I, I, I mean, but, it, you know, and all these people who argue all these stats, they have – there are no stats. I have looked – every fucking year I look to find the stat, the smoking gun. That the AL is better than the NL. That the offense is going to be so much different, Right. Like, that's the thing everybody keeps arguing about. It's not. It's not different. It's like one or two points in batting average. It's 10 points in slugging. It's fucking so minimal that there's no real difference. And that's what I hate about it. It's like everybody's like, oh, the fucking offense in the AL is so much better and blah, blah, blah. But, well, show me the fucking numbers that say that. You know, like your eye test may be telling you this, but your eye test is wrong. We fucking go over this with every other stat and all these people who claim you can't just go by the eye test. You got to look at the stats. Got to look at the numbers, all this stuff. And then they fucking turn around and say the DH is super full of offense when it's not. The fucking leagues are the same. And and I'll give you and I'll give you this point because of the top let, let's go by OPS which is like an overall offensive stat you know um five, in the top ten last year five of the teams were in the NL five of the teams were in the AL of the top ten teams with a yeah. range from a OPS of seven ninety two for the Red Sox to the tenth Cubs at seven forty four it's a range of fifty points um in the second third which i don't even know if you care because these are just all average offenses um you got let's see one two three four only four teams in from the nl in the second four and six teams so that's pretty even so then it would be six teams in the nl in the bottom third and four teams so it's it's barely anything uh you know in fact the 21st and 22nd team uh are tied for 707 ops right so in that's been my point. The, the the differences in the offenses over the entirety of the league is like nothing. It's so small. And then uh, I did this a couple years ago. I went through all the fucking World Series winners from 1973 on. And even though the Yankees won like 10 World Series – like it was the difference of like one year, you know, or two years. Like, so you can't even say that the DH is giving the AL like such an advantage that they're winning the World Series. You know what I mean? But if you listen to people talk about the fucking DH, you would assume that the National League hasn't won a World Series in 40 years. Yeah. And it, you would assume. Yeah, but they never that, win the All-Star Star game. Yeah, who gives a fuck about the All-Star game? I certainly do not, but it's going to be all brand new this year. But the All-Star game has a DH, like, all the fucking time, doesn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just, it's a stupid, I don't know. Right. It is is frustrating for me to just hear all these people who were once anti-DH just... I know. Say, uh, 
Whatever. They've all I come around. Everybody's come happen. around. I guess it's going to happen. I guess it's going to happen. Now and I agree. now they're like, oh, I like the DH. Yeah. Who the fuck are you? Like, that's not who you were. And there's no numbers. There's nothing in the world that should have changed your mind over this. Okay. Can you I, know, like, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. Let's find out where exactly in the seven stages of grief you are on this. Oh, I'm in full denial. Yeah, yeah. So that's the first stage. You're in stage one. Shock and denial. But I honestly, I'm also in the camp of, you know, with the anti-DH people, I'm not going to say get rid of the DH in the AL. Yeah, I you love want the, the different way that rules. There's, yeah. there's two different yeah, we, opportunities you've, you've to made, watch this You've game. made that incredibly clear. And that's the way it should be. And, you it's know, pretty much all you say. Well, because it fucking drives me nuts that they want to homogenize the game into nothing. Like, honestly, if you bring the DH to the National League, get rid of the National League. Sounds good. Sounds good. Get rid of the American League. There's no fucking point to having it. The fucking World Series, who gives a shit? Looks like you're in the anger stage. Yeah. Yeah, There's no point to the fucking, you know, like the playoffs – Reseed the playoffs like they yeah. do in fucking basketball. Oh. Let's, I mean, there he let's goes into bargaining on to uh, 15 teams, or, or well, there's what 30 teams, so 14 teams uh, you're get on, into the playoffs now. Michael, you're let's on stage three. You're on stage three already. You know, bargaining. We're going to be playing the fucking World Series in goddamn uh, December. You know, there it, it's. It's just stupid. Now you're getting into depression. You got December, (laughs) December cold baseball. That's stage four. Now, when are we going to get to acceptance? Because that's number five. That's where you got to get. You you almost made it. Look, when, when, if they, uh, if they ever change this rule, am I going to quit watching baseball? I don't know. That's probably not going to happen. I'm probably not going to stop watching baseball. Yeah, and you probably won't care in a couple of years. No, I'll always care because I'll always have the first 40 years of my life in which I saw the game the way pitchers I liked strike it. it out, the way I liked it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, no, I like pitchers hitting. Listen, nothing I, is more fun for me than to see the pitchers hit. I, I know. fucking love. I wrote a song when, about it. When I've a, a stupid-ass pitcher on the mound hangs one, you know, and the, the pitcher rips one into uh, the gap and left. Like, I fucking love that shit. Yeah, well, it's going to be over. <laughs> you I honestly, I don't know. I don't – they've been trying it forever. Uh, the thing I'm most worried about is the – all the anti-DH people who have given up the fight, not because – I don't think it's because – well, I mean, there are no numbers to support them ever changing their mind. The numbers do not say that. Pitchers are worse hitters than hitters. <laughs> That's their – that'll be their argument. But, but they they get one, maybe two chances at the plate, and then you never see them again. Oh, God, I pulled your string. I never should have brought up the DH. I don't know about robot style. <laughs> <laughs> I never I pulled your string. Nah, I didn't even write down let's talk about the DH. I just wanted to talk about the rule changes and I 
just haphazardly mentioned that, well, there's going to be a DH, so it won't matter. And then you were like, boom, and your head exploded. Well, because I, I hate st- that. I hate, <laughs> that, I hate that DH. <laughs> no, no. I hate the argument. Yeah, I, I hate understand. the argument that people are having that they're just like, eh, I guess it's going to happen. I hate the DH. I don't want the DH, but it's going to happen. Well, you got to take it up with those people. You got to take right. it up with Corey Fennerin. You got to take it up with uh, uh, I, Brett Taylor now yelling. Just talk anything. to all of them. Everybody wants it but you. I I I don't give a fuck my case. anymore. I just don't even care. I've made my case. I've showed the numbers. I put all these fucking numbers, everything out there. None of them have ever come back to me with any numbers, with anything that says that it's such a a better deal in the AL. They don't show me that at all. And if we're going to go by the eye test, my eye test is that the AL is boring. It is a more boring game. Fucking situation we're in right now. <laughs> so if you you know, my thing is if they if they bring me numbers and they show me something, hey, I'm all for it. Remember when we were talking about the and this is in here the three batter minimum, Rip right? I wanted the three batter minimum. <laughs> you are. Lee I brought Elia. it up a couple years ago. I was like, I wish this would happen, and then I found out the three batter minimum is such a fucking minuscule difference. Because it just really doesn't happen very often. Well, it makes it- I immediately just said, well, then it's stupid. We don't need to do that. Because somebody fucking showed me numbers. They showed me real solid facts. Because I still feel by the eye test that I don't want to see a pitcher go up against one batter. Then it but- happens. It happens more often with Joe Madden, and he's against it. Um, three batter minimum does not come this year, by the way. It's next year. 2020 right. changes along with the 26 man roster when the DH happens. <laughs> uh, no, the DH <laughs> won't happen until after the next, uh, at the Millennial. very early, it would be the next CBA. So, yeah, it could. I mean, I don't know. They, they're forcing through things fast. This Rob Manfred's just like getting in there. No more intentional walk. Disabled list is injured list. Like he's making big changes. You know what's going to keep the the NL from accepting the DH? You, uh, Tom, Tom Ricketts. <laughs> yeah, right. No, because a DH is a costly position. <laughs> See, man, I'm not in on this. Right? These owners don't want to pay another player a bunch of money, but the uh. Having pinch hitters, the last guy on the bench who's a pinch hitter who comes in one time a game or whatever, those guys are cheap. cheap those are yeah, your minor yeah. league guys. Those are the guys making 500, 600 grand a year, and they can just shuttle them back and forth through the AAA and back and whatever, and they don't have to like worry about it. The DH is a expensive, veteran. Yeah. And they're expensive. And right now, the. NL doesn't have to pay for a DH. So I think if there's anything that keeps the DH from coming to the NL, it's going to Money. be the owners. It's going yeah. to be Tom Ricketts going, I don't want to pay another pay fucking another. player. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, it's possible. But I but it it's it's coming. Um here's a here's a huge change. 
The uh, inning breaks cut down by five fucking seconds. <laughs> five. I, what is five seconds? What is five? How do you even know that five seconds <laughs> happened? Like, it took me longer than five seconds to say five fucking seconds. You know what I mean? Like, it is not a thing. Like, this well, is on par with the uh, no more um, no more pitch outs. Yeah. Or no, intentional uh, intentional walks. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's what I meant. Intentional yeah. walks, pitch out. Yeah, just – but, yeah, this is this is the kind of game-changing things that's going to really speed it up. Well, I mean, at least pitch outs here, we're talking 15 seconds. Now, granted <laughs> – Right, but do 20, you notice it? 30, then the guy's got to run down there. Like, it takes a second. You still got to run down there, though. Um. No, you don't. You, you don't notice it, and I don't really. It's an. It's annoying that they don't do it because it was fun, right? But the total time saved because how many times do they intentionally walk a guy? But Once, maybe any, twice yeah, yeah. in a game, right? Maybe. So every half inning, you're getting five seconds. So eventually, you're going to get about the same about amount the of time same, that yeah. you just saved. So you know, nine times, five times, eighteen is 90 seconds. That's a minute and a half that they claim that they're going to... But I'm just telling you, they're going to fuck around in those five seconds, not going to make a till of beans. Right. Well, in speaking of the numbers, uh, there was the tweet that came out like in 1980, games were two hours and 47 minutes. And then in the 90s, they got up to like 308. And like right now, they're like, 304 or whatever for an average game time and the whole thing was about uh just the idea was that's a 20 minute difference the game hasn't changed that much it's it's even though your eye test might tell you oh it's this game is super long it's not it's some are but you know not for they're usually wrong for a good reason average like the thing that makes you say, you know what? We need to change the very fiber of the game to speed it up when the reality is in 30 years, we've lost 20 minutes. And how much you want to bet those 20 minutes are all in goddamn commercials? Yeah, they're pretty much. I mean, I think for the most part they are. And so cutting it down at a little bit is cool. I mean, there were times in the 80s where they didn't even go to commercial. Like, I don't remember this, but there were times there are, like, I forget what it was. It's something on YouTube with Harry Carey, and, like, they're just hanging out between the inning and then waiting for as they're warming up, and then they just go back and start calling the game. But um, I could be wrong about that. But here's the one I do like. National broadcast down from two twenty five to two minutes. How much do they hate that? Because that's a full like thirty second commercial that well, they can make that's a lot good. of money off of a thirty second. But that's that's a big change. And those Sunday night games, they now talk about a four or five hour game. You get a Yankees Red Sox Sunday night baseball. That thing could be going till midnight. You know, right? Nine well, innings. And that's nine one of the innings worst till midnight. That they've ever done is when you you get the national broadcast in the playoffs so your most important games they give you people in the booth that don't know the teams you know what i mean like they don't know them like len and jd know them 
you know, or Tom Brenneman knows the team or, or Hawk Harrelson. Like these guys, enough already. even if we don't like them, Hawk they Harrelson's know that retired. team better than, uh, you know, Tim Vescursion or whatever. They know the team. They know what's been going on all, <laughs> you all year. And they have good insight. <laughs> so then you switch to the guys that don't really know them. You know, they, they, they have no idea what's going on. Yeah, John Smoltz. And so then they don't even talk about it. They just talk about whatever the fuck they want. And on top of that, you add the extra 25, 30, 40 seconds to every commercial. You slow the game down. So the biggest games of your year, when you get the most eyes, are slow. You make the slowest and most boring content possible. And then they go, I don't know why people won't watch these games. Yeah. Yeah, unless you got a team in it, I don't know who's really watching it anyway. I mean, I, I, I kind of, like, I didn't watch the World Series this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't fucking care who wins. I, and I didn't. So In the playoffs, I flip, I flip the games on, and I watch them for a little while, and then I flip them off, and then I come back to them and stuff like that because— They're boring. They're, they're boring. They're, and, and, and I'm getting no insight from the announcers. So there's, you know, and I used to really, just as a side note, I used to really enjoy the national broadcast. Like when I was a kid, like when your team was on Saturday afternoon, you know, on the NBC game or something like you'd be like, Ooh, different announcers. And Howard Cosell would be on or somebody. I don't know. It's like somebody good. Whenever you got Howard Cosell is amazing. I don't know who called those games. I wonder who called them. I don't even remember. And it, like the baseball bunch would be on before. Remember the baseball bunch with Johnny Bench and maybe you're right. too young for that. I don't know. Well, but there, but no, uh, no, I remember. It? But but they would pay attention to the game that was in front of them. That's the big difference. Yeah, like, just these guys now haven't been trained in what they're doing. Yeah, they're just being allowed to go out there and just. Right, you're on a roll tonight. Just yeah. I, I can't I can't say up. anything, and all of a sudden you're just like bad mouthing everybody. You got- they may as well. I mean, they're basically they're doing exactly the same fucking thing that we're doing right now. Yeah, like which that's which, all. They're why doing. would you want to listen to this? Yeah. Well, can I get into another rule before you go off on another rant? Although this might be another ten minutes. <laughs> Okay, let's right. see. Five mound visits instead of six. Who cares? Oh, <laughs> I thought I was gonna, I thought I was going to get one there. Well, no, you know what they're doing now? They're 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 trying to do an Apple Watch. Oh, I know. Sort I know. of bullshit where the the catcher can type in what pitch he wants, and the pitcher will look at his watch and tell him. So, what happens if? The pitcher doesn't want to throw that pitch. Well, he got he's got to text him back. Right. <laughs> he's got to so shake now, him. <laughs> maybe he maybe he shakes him off like he just shakes his wrist and then automatically it shakes like Wilson Contreras' his wrist and he shakes him off that way. Right. It like if vibrates John the Lester, phone. There's no way John Lester is using ever this watch yet. Fucking text. Yeah, no. No, he he'll throw that thing in the dugout. He'll throw it in the upper deck. <laughs> he'll, he'll pull it. Remember when Carlos Zabrato threw yeah. that ball up over the roof or some shit? But this this is another one of those things. Like, I honestly, like, the whole, like, stealing signs thing. It's part it, of the game. 
it's it's part of the game and they've been dealing with it forever. I don't know why people get so fucking upset. Just change your signs. They change their signs like five times a game anyway. If they're paying attention. Yeah, you well, know? now all you got to do is hack his fucking Apple Watch. And <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll be calling things out from the from the uh, clubhouse where you hacked into John Lester's Apple Watch. because he, Or maybe you could just find John Lester's Apple Watch because he threw it outside the stadium because he yeah. won't use it. And the catcher's still being there texting. And you're like, man, I've got all John Lester's signs. Maybe that's why he gave up four home runs. Yeah, it's – so right. that's – how about it's, it's just ridiculous. I don't think – enough people are stealing signs that it's affecting the game the mound visits one mound visit taken off how did they come up with that i don't know were, were they abusing the six yeah <laughs> like, they're just like oh we got one more let's go out there and have a cup of tea um how about this one hard trade deadline july 31st no waiver deals done over over i see again it, it makes baseball boring. As soon as there's nothing that can be done for your team or players aren't just moving around and you're kind of – it, it's boring. Like, I will fucking not pay attention to another Orioles game ever well, after that, July 31st well, well, other than, oh, a guy just moved around. Yeah, like, like you were watching the, the – you somewhere. weren't watching the fucking Orioles anyway. No, but I will pay attention when they're moving things around. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not going to watch – a game of a team that's under 500 and they're out of the race, of course, but it generates interest in the game when guys are moving around. Oh, I pulled your string again. How did the, the trade deadline do it this time? My God. <laughs> I know I, because I just don't understand what they're doing. They're, they're trying to change the game in a way like they think they're trying to make it more interesting, but they're taking out, all the the variables. Well, they're taking get, all the fucking variables out. You of just got to make your decision by uh, the thirty first of July whether you're going to go for it or whether you're going to sell. That's it's it's that's it used to be in May. The trade deadline used <laughs> to be at the end of May, something like or June fifteenth or some shit. So it's I don't know. I like the way that they jockey around. I like I like when guys go out on the waiver wire and then they have to get pulled back. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Shit like that is enjoyable. Otherwise, I'm not paying attention to it. Like, uh, I don't know. Now you won't even know about it because it won't be happening. No, it, yeah. It, it'll be like, oh, I guess it's over. And now. It's tough to say what to do, though. You know, you got uh, 500 team. You're five games, six games, eight games out of first. You're still in striking distance. It's uh, July 28th. You know, it makes makes that decision harder because you still got two months to go. You got to look around your team and wonder if you got the horses to get through, you know, to break through. Yeah. I mean, it's it's I, just a different calculation. And I don't think it will spur more trades. I think it'll just end the trades because that team that's five games out and don't really have a shot, but they're just kind of like, well, maybe – they're not going to fucking trade anybody, and then they're not going to be able to. Now, I, I think they're also getting rid of the 10-day DL. And I don't know if that's this year or next year. I mean, IL. The IL, yes. I don't know. Like, did it make that big a difference? 
I don't know. I personally, I like the IL because I, if you use it correctly, well, can, that's that's the complaint. Yeah, they're, they're right because the way I say use it correctly is, is, is actually a violation cheating. of the yeah. rules. Yeah, exactly. If you do, exactly, so it's uh, the 15 day became the 10 day in 2016, and I think the 10 is going back to the 15. Right. So again, but I'm I'm trying to see if it's this year or next year. The rules uh, injured list. Uh, sorry, I'm just looking it up. I just trying to see if it's this year or next year. Oh, this is that. That's one I prefer the ten day. I like the ten day, but I don't give a shit. Does that fucking speed up a game? No. Like, does it make the game more interesting? No. Like, it doesn't necessarily. That one doesn't necessarily make it less interesting, but I mean. I don't understand what they're trying to do. If you're trying to get people to come in and watch the games, I don't know what how these rule changes are making that happen. Well, this is that one's about abuse. That's what uh, people abusing the ten day. You know, letting players have a little extra rest, bring a guy up who's raking in the minors. You know, uh, get him rested, uh, especially with pitchers, starting pitchers. Like you might only miss a start on a ten day. Now you're going to miss yeah. two, at least. Right. So that's yeah, what that is. I, I, and and that's going to come, and that comes with the three batter minimum. And I think that's this year that that happens. The 10, the ten day goes away. And um, so. Well, I guess if we're talking about interesting things happening in the game, then getting rid of the 10 day is kind of a bad thing. It, it, because being able to just drop somebody down for 10 days and bring up a different player, uh, get new faces yeah, out makes there, sense. see him. Let let your fan base get excited for one week that this kid hit four, had four hits in one game, and then they never see him again. But it was exciting. I don't know. I guess it makes it less exciting than with the 15 day. So I would say I'm more on the side of the 10 day. I don't know that. I don't know that the teams abused it that much that it's going to be a huge difference, but maybe. Yeah. Well, you're going to lose a guy for two weeks now and a day. So if they go down, they go down for a while. It's even if they're ready. Um, the, the other trait, uh, the other thing that's going to happen, all-star game voting, uh, the teams will now nominate players and then fans will vote on election day. And there's a million dollar home run derby purse. So wait, it's not based on the fucking starting lineup. April or March thirtieth. No, 30th. no. Yeah, <laughs> they finally. It only took twenty six years, but they figured it out that that was a stupid idea. That like maybe Brent Lillibridge didn't belong at, as a as a second base, uh, you know, vote getter. Yeah. Oh, and hopefully it will stop the teams from like April twelfth. You start to see like vote for the All Star game. It's like, oh God, no. Yeah. I like this better because I I've always thought the players and Coaches, the managers yeah. should be voting for who's on that all-star team. I I know that it wouldn't change most players and stuff, but there's something about it that I just don't trust the fans to pick the right people. Well, you know, like still, when you see no, Albert fans, Pujols fans, gets a bunch of votes and he's broken. No, fans still pick the people. 
I know, but at least it's a step in the right direction where the team gets to nominate the people they're going to vote for. So you like, won't have Brent Lillibridge. Yeah. yeah, it'll be like Al Moore for center instead of Hap. But, like, now you're going to talk about her feelings. What if Hap doesn't get nominated for center field, even though he's the opening day starter and center, and then, you know, Al Moore gets a nomination and Hap's like, man, I just missed it by a year. I could have been on that ballot. I, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> um, I don't care about the if, All-Star if game. that's so where your head is, about, yeah. you're never going to make it in the league. I don't like, care about the All-Star game anyway, so we don't have to talk about it. But I do uh, 26-man roster. I think that's interesting to limit it in the September call-ups to 28 active on each day. You have to designate 13 pitchers. You have to designate who is a pitcher. And um, there's only exceptions in which you can use somebody who's not a pitcher, which is usually when you would use a non-pitcher. Yeah, Extra and, innings. and I like that. Just There's still a lot of pitchers on that team, but those games do drag. Yeah, extra innings, you can use a uh, a position player as a pitcher or behind or ahead by six runs or two-way players like uh, Shohei Otani, um, Michael Lorenzen for the Reds. I think those might be the only two right now um, who have 20 innings pi- uh, pitched and played in the field. So... But I don't know when that 20 innings has to be. Like, how do you even get your 20 innings? Well, as an actual pitcher. Right. So, but, uh, I, you know, I hope, hope they don't have to use Michael Lorenzen, like, before he logs 20 innings. You know, like, they're like, we can't put <laughs> you in because you were designated as an outfielder today. So you can't yeah, use I, him that way. I don't know. I, I do like the idea. <clears throat> and, again, if we're talking about making the game more interesting – all through September, it will now be more interesting to see who's on the roster each day. Yeah. That'll yeah. be oh. something to look up and to see and to wonder. Yeah, they had Horner in there or something. Yeah, Miso. What was that? Oh, Nico yeah. Horner. Right. You know, and, you know, so when they're talking about something like that, I do think there's, a, there's an interesting aspect to that that will actually engage the fans. When they just go – because – Otherwise, I mean, we talk about this all through August, right? Who's going to be called up? And then September 1st comes, we find out, and then we're like, okay. And now we'll get to do that all fucking month. All September, yeah. Yeah. And I I also like that it's going to speed up games in in September because talk about pitching changes. I mean, uh, especially if you're like a team that's losing the season, Oh, man, they just throw anybody out there. (laughs) It's bad, you know, and sometimes you can rake against these dudes, but it's just like they give everybody a batter. And so with the with the three batter minimum, plus like the only 13 pitchers on your team, you won't have this like bullpen of like 22 guys that you could just keep going to. You know what I mean? Right. And that's and that's where you're going to kind of see that three batter minimum do something is in the shit games in September, because if if you've got to teams that are actually challenging you know they're they're battling in a pennant race those weren't the teams that were really doing a lot of that they would do a little bit of it but not a ton of it but if they were the giants and they were in fourth place yeah you know you bruce bochi yeah. bruce bochi was having guys go out there just to throw a batter yeah. left-handed just to see if they yeah could just for two pitches yeah <laughs> so uh yeah so that pretty much does it for all the the rule changes um, 
I don't know. It's the times they are a changing. Yeah. Well, one thing you got on this list that we haven't talked about yet, and the times are changing a little bit, is uh, the Blue Jays have decided to uh, raise the this. pay for some yeah. of their some of their minor leaguers. Yeah, by 50%. And this is going around that, you know, in the low areas of baseball, how, you know, guys are, like, sleeping, you know, on air mattresses and, you know, just kind of – I mean, what do they make? Ten thousand a year, but it's not the whole year. The yeah, I mean, some of it's low end. They're making like five grand. Yeah, it's it's such shit money, and they got to work all the time. And you know, the only thing I'll really say about it is that you know this is kind of like where we've gotten as an overall society. I mean, my industry. I work in radio. I work in music, and you know, over the years. It's just like less and less goes to the people in theater too, at the kind of low end of it, because there might be a chance like, you know, I could get a job if I auditioned like I used to do pilot season, you know, I could have gotten a job on a sitcom and made millions as my job as actor. But instead, I'm on a uh, in a van doing children's theater and making three hundred dollars a week, you know, so it's like. There are these two extremes, and it's the same job, and th- and this way is this way too, but you know, in in a multi billion dollar industry that can afford to take care of the the people who they're supposedly developing, right? I mean, I get it. There's a lot of guys on every minor league team that are never going to make it, and they're not even interested in developing them. They're just there to help develop the good players that uh, they are interested in developing, that they drafted high, gave bonuses to. Those guys are fine. Everybody else is just filler. But why do you want those players who you're trying to develop playing against a pitcher who slept on a fucking air mattress last night and didn't eat enough? Who had PBJ, a soggy PBJ in the clubhouse that, you know, that he saved half for later? I don't think that, A, it's fair and people can say oh fuck fair life ain't fair i get it fine but you know uh it's it just seems that uh you would want to if you can have a world-class organization you need world-class people acting world-class ways and you know if you give somebody the respect and dignity of even closing the door at night to their own bedroom which doesn't cost them that much more considering like a manny machado contract you got to do that thing. Quit nickel and diming these fucks. They got to pl- pay fucking club fees. They got to pay to get their own laundry done after a game in which somebody else is actually making way more money than them, even running that minor league stadium. It's possible that the beer vendor is walking home with way more money than those guys on the field. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, back in a few years ago, uh, Theo was talking about what he was trying to do with the Cubs, right? And he would talk about the market inequality or the inefficiency, right? And he would try and figure out what those were and then gear his plan towards that. This is the new market inefficiency. It is the thing that once a team figures it out, that if you pay these guys more, 
so that they can live and actually focus on baseball and not be, you know, half starved and like you say, you know, sharing rooms and just kind of fucking living somewhat miserable lives. They will start to be so much better. They will start to develop more instead of having three prospects in your minor leagues. You'll have seven, right? Because everybody gets like, you don't have the guys that could have done it, but couldn't afford to stay in baseball. So they washed out. Right. And, or, and and that shouldn't be what it is either, because, you know, I saw that in New York, too, with musicians, you know, draw that parallel again, that New York became so expensive to live in that a lot of my musician friends who didn't have money from another situation, whether it be familial wealth or they caught a good job one time and had some savings and could, you know, go make their album or whatever it is. What you saw was only rich kids making art. And only rich kids making music because they're the only ones who had time to, to truly do it effectively. And, uh, you know, a rich guy is always going to have, a, a you know, an easier time of getting everything done. But, you know, it's just like it, it sucks when you've got to quit. That's where we're quit. at with these minor leaguers, That's right? where you're at because there might be somebody that's very talented. Like, look how Ben Zobrist almost quit one time. You know, and he's probably like, well, I can't live on $5,000. My grandpa's farm needs uh, the cows milking and I got to go back and like, you know, or think of the Dominican guys, you know, that probably come up with just the shirts on their backs and they're trying to, to make it through and they might have to quit and go back to Dominican and, you know, sell eggs or something. I don't know. Well, but it so if you do it, if you actually raise the amount of money you're giving these guys and you, you get them good food, you get them, you know, actual nutritious food so that they can become bigger and stronger. The money yeah. that they make playing baseball, they can actually uh, not go be a substitute teacher in the winter. They can actually just continue to play baseball or train or get over some injury that they had. You know what I mean? You shouldn't have it, to have rich parents. No, I'm no, I'm not yeah. saying rich parents. No, I'm no, I, I know you're agreeing with. Oh, me. okay. Yeah, we're we're not fighting. Stop fighting with me. I was me. like, what do, I, I didn't know where you were coming with that. Yeah, no, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. You shouldn't have to have parents that are filling your bank account so you can eat decently to be on a baseball team when you might be playing against, you know, like a, a top prospect, you know. A, yeah. Even in even in AAA, you know, you could be playing against Eloy Jimenez, Jimenez or somebody like that, and what, you just ate peanut butter and jelly sandwich and came from your shift at fucking TGI Fridays. So it's bullshit. And when you do that, those fringe players that you're going to lose, you don't lose anymore. They become prospects. And when you get more prospects, you can use them to trade. You can actually develop them and bring them up. And they are your new core of your baseball team that doesn't cost you a ton of money. It will actually pay for itself and make your major league team better. And once one team, that's all it's going to take. One team is going to start doing that. And all of a sudden their farm system is going to be the best farm system because all their guys are now healthy and able to produce at a higher level than they had before. And that makes the major league team better. Yeah. I mean, I could see that in theory. I mean, I don't know that just paying somebody more money is going to make them better, but it definitely would improve the morale 
around uh, those situations. And I, and I think it's one of those situations too of uh, like, you know how like doctors, they're like, yeah, you, when, when you're a resident, you got to like work 29 hours straight and shit like that and do like three surgeries. Well, that's not a really good plan either, but the old doctors are like, well, we had to do it. So you have to do it. And I'm like, I don't want somebody operating on me who's had two hours of sleep in the last three days. So like, maybe this is a bad idea. And just because, you know, it, it's, you know, all these ball players may have these Oh yeah, we used to sleep on the bus and have like you know the war stories, you know. And I one day I pissed on a guy's head because he was in the toilet and I didn't know, or you know whatever it was. And uh, you know, so I think the old guys that made it to the majors, there might be some of those guys. Oh, those wusses down there, those snowflakes. You know, it's like, but it's not about that for me. It's it's about like you know a person putting in a day's work to make an organization function and it is a day's work you you might think they play three hours a game but we're talking these guys are riding buses for 12 hours straight these guys are sleeping on these buses and oftentimes when they get to the town uh they've got no per diem they're you know i mean they could even do group dorm housing because these guys don't live in the minor league town where they're assigned they find out like a day before they're like you're moving to albuquerque and then they got to go down there and find a fucking place to, with a six-month lease. And I've signed short leases before when I've been toured around. They charge you double for a six-month lease. And then you're either furnishing it from Salvation Army, and I don't know when you have time to do that, go buy a, you know, a futon or something. And then uh, you're paying more because you got a six-month lease instead of a, you know, a, a full year. And then uh, you got moving expenses. I mean, you know, I feel some of these guys are married, you know, like – Come on, give them like I think a fair thirty grand a year. Twenty well, twenty five thirty. And I would say if they had thirty grand a year, they could actually focus more on the thing that they want to do, which is baseball. Yeah, and uh, and that's what you should want them to focus on, at least for those. Actually, you want them to focus on it the entire year. And hey, if if that means, uh, you know, you, I mean, maybe they can get them to do other things. You know, the, like uh, the players can uh, sweep up peanuts after the game for that extra money because they would probably take the job because they don't have one, not a good one. I mean, it's in you have to honestly have somebody bankrolling your baseball career to stay in baseball at the lower levels, hoping that in the 10 years that you have between like age 18 and 28 to try to get up like a David Bodie who t- who did take that long. You know, if David Bodie has nobody helping him eat. Oh yeah. Live, if, he, if he's not from a, you know, uh, uh, an upper middle class family. Yeah. With somebody, man, I don't know if he's got somebody and his, his, bill, his dad's, sugar mama. I don't know. His dad's a baseball coach. So when he went home, he could actually work on baseball. Like, you know, if if it's me, my dad's not a baseball coach. So when I go home, I can't do that. Like, your dad's a mechanic. You go home and you work on fucking cars. But all these guys, that, you know, are... You uh, don't work on your sport. Exactly. Now, all these so guys... David Bodie had the opportunity to continue working through that whole system that he had to because he went longer... But he was able to do it because of the financial stability of his family and the fact that his dad got to be his coach. I mean, yeah, Chris so- Bryant got to where he was faster than everybody else. But again, he was he's got an affluent family 
His dad's a coach. Like, yeah. And, and knew what he was doing. Yeah, and there's always going to be nepotism, but I'm just saying, and th- things aren't going to be fair. But, you know, it's, let's let these guys at least uh, have some dignity while they play, and uh, that's all I'm saying. And and I think the Blue Jays made a great move, and I, and I think other teams are going to follow suit. Otherwise, good luck signing anybody. But you know to I mean? be fair, the Blue Jays raising that amount of money for their players that did, it still didn't make them the top team. Yeah, it's also Canadian money, which isn't worth much. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like bullshit. I mean, yeah, it's all loonies, loonies. and loonies. Yeah. And, and you yeah, can't fuck, do anything with it. Fucking loony. Um, you can't put that in a gumball machine. Yeah. So, But, yeah, they. it's not like they gave their players more money and now they're the top team by a lot. Like, I think they're in the top two or three teams. Oh, am I getting a raise? All right, more money for Cubstradamus. Going to predict my ass off. Hi, Cubstradamus. I would like to hear you start predicting. Like, you've never predicted anything. Oh, well, today that all changes because this year I've decided to start laying some really fine predictions on y'all. If you fucking predict the DH, I will rip you off that fucking magic carpet and throw you under a bus what's a dh you're a baseball predictor you don't know what a dh is well uh i haven't really looked into baseball since like 1968 so i've never no i have no idea i just see visions of what's going to happen in the cubs future you guys ready for my poem it's predicty oh my god oh i i my head's exploding. Yes, yeah, go ahead. Just do your poem. <laughs> okay. The Cubs baseball season's beginning. And the first month, there will be some winning. They'll go 20 and 8. But the thing that is great is Addison Russell's hair is thinning. <laughs> <laughs> that is good, Cubs Davis. Oh, you got to, uh, what, how you know about the Addison Russell thing? Oh, you mean that he's balding? Yeah, I saw that picture. It was hilarious. No, I mean about uh, Addison Russell and, uh, you know, domestic violence and how he's suspended and all that stuff. No, he didn't see that coming. No, no, uh, that happened in the past. I don't predict the past. I predict the future. Did you not hear what I said? Cubs will go 20 and 8. Uh, I have a hard time believing that. I think your prediction might be off. Although they do play, uh, uh, well, the first series is against I'm, the mediocre I, I, team, Rangers. I'm kind of impressed that he came out on a limb and gave a number when he usually just tells us, basically, he reads the schedule to us. No, 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 not this year. This year, I'll be predicting everything that will happen in this season. I'm really feeling myself, this is the Cubs' year. They start 20-8, and eight, then they go 8-20, and 20. Then they go twenty and eight again. Then they go eight and twenty. Then they go twenty and eight again, <laughs> and it'll be magical. So twenty and eight, though, that's really good. So listen, I gotta go. I'm gonna be predicting on a Pittsburgh Pirates podcast this evening. Uh, I, they, I believe, they call it a PPP. Dude, they're stealing our Pittsburgh Pilot Pirates joke. Yeah, and I'm interviewing somebody named Kang. Do you know about him? Kang, Jung Kang. Yeah, 
Yeah, we know we know all yeah. about him. He's a, yet he's another a, piece of shit. Yeah, he's a, another he's chance a, to he, yeah, make he's millions. A, he's a drunk racist and uh, um, a rapist. Sorry, he's probably not a racist. He could be. But, um, yeah, we don't like him either. Or Addison Russell. But thanks for making fun of Addison Russell. That was pretty funny. Yeah, he's balding. <laughs> anyway, I got to go. PPP. Cut your dumb sound. I, I just pray that we don't ever get a PPP tape. Not from Cup Oh, Actually, he smelled pretty decent that time. I don't know. He must have showered recently. Didn't he take a <laughs> bath sometime in the off season? I think I, that happened. I so uh, he was probably out in the rain. So uh, so oh look, uh, Lyle's not here. <laughs> still, uh, still not here. Yeah, we've gone over two hours already. Jesus so. Christ, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, so let's just do our TFCs and, um, well, here's the thing. We're only going once a week so they can listen to half of it and, uh, and then they listen to the other half or split it into quarters. I ate, you know, some people don't like long podcasts. I like a long podcast. Me too. I prefer the podcast that lasts a couple hours because when I'm at work, I, I need shit to burn away the time. So, uh, I've got two TFCs. What do you got? Uh, I got one. Okay, so I'll I'll give I'll I'll give my first one because it's not really a TFC. It's actually I I am the TFC, live <laughs> and in person. Okay. Okay. So um, Juliana Zobrist, and I can't stay off her Instagram because it's just uh, so. You, ap- you are so in love with Juliana Zobrist. I'm I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated <laughs> by this woman because she on her Instagram, and I'm not an Instagram guy. I don't really understand it still. Right. Um, but on her, her Instagram is just so, I mean, I, she thinks so highly of her, not only herself and she's is always selfieing and it's always pictures of her and her kids, but mostly her and her, and her friends sometimes like having, but a lot of selfies of just her. And then everybody just says, Oh, you look so good. Oh, you're so wonderful and everything. And I, she must have some like issue. With you know needing to be loved, but but then she, Danny, she's a performer. I thought you all had like these no, we do, we do inside of you, we do, we do have this whole. <laughs> but here's the thing: she's dressed. She got a red top on, right? And she, I can only describe her. The, I guess it's a skirt, but it's it, like the skirt comes up over her breasts to under her armpits, right? So it's like, you know, like like one of those old fat guys in the 50s that would like pull their pants up like way to their tits. You know what I mean? But these are ab- yeah. that's above even that, right? But it's here's the thing. Her top is red. This blousey skirt that's like really wide. I mean, it's it's tent like. It's orange. It's bright orange. It's circular. She looks like a fucking pumpkin. She she looks, I put it on the ranchers page. So a lot of people are going to know what I'm talking about here, but not only does she dress up like a pumpkin in March, but you know, fine. If you're doing it in October, I'm like, Oh, she's going trick or treating with her kids. How nice. But instead her pumpkin picture, sorry for the hard P there, everybody. I just nailed everybody's eardrums, but she, she wrote, uh, I could use a pop filter, but it gets in my fucking face. Um, she says, uh, Time and time again, I have silenced my own heart, tucked my true self away, and folded her neatly into the confines of convention, just 
to avoid criticism. When we hide who we truly are, we diminish our own worth. The most courageous thing we can do is to be the person we are afraid to be, uh, the person we are afraid will be rejected. BT dubs, you are loved, XOXO, Jules. And all I got to say, too, if the most courageous thing that you can be is the person you are afraid of, and that person looks like a fucking pumpkin, then fuck you, Juliana Zolvers, you pumpkin bitch. The fuck is wrong with you? Look, she's coming out in, in, in support of all the other pumpkin people. <sighs> there are no other I just pumpkins. looked at that picture. I think she looks like uh, Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, I can see that with the red and the orange. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, big big <laughs> Winnie the Pooh belly under a little tiny shirt. Either way, like, you know, she's like, this is her true self. That's my point. Like, she's folded herself neatly into the confines of convention to avoid criticism. And then she's like, this is my true me. I get to dress like Winnie the Pooh pumpkin. <laughs> That's my point. Like, she's got this deep saying. And meanwhile, she's pumpkin lady. So that's my that's my one. That's right. my first well, one. The other there's one. a little girl out there dressed as a pumpkin right now, just smiling. Yeah, ear ear. yeah, in Thailand on their fucking Halloween, which is in March <laughs> on March 18th. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay. Well, uh, my TFC is not really a T. Uh, it's it's just it's fun. I'm not necessarily making fun of anybody. Bleacher Nation put this out. Uh, it's a picture of Chris Bryant talking to Joe Madden in the dugout, right? Okay. And so they they post this as part of like, you know, some article link or whatever, you know, like, you know, it's Bleacher Nation. Like, hey, go read our shit. And then they immediately follow their link to their article up with, I just want to point out that if you decide Kyle Hendricks is actually really small and Chris Bryant is gently holding him on his lap like a toddler, it pops out like a magic eye poster. And then you go back and you look at the picture, and yes, Kyle Hendricks is sitting down the bench from Chris Bryant. And because of the forced perspective, it looks like a tiny Kyle Hendricks is sitting on Bryant's lap <laughs> and he's holding him like a baby. It is fucking hilarious. Uh, you got to send that to me. I got to see this. I did I'll, not see uh, this. I'll, I'll, I'll tag you in it so you could look at it. But it is so funny because, yeah, when you're just looking at it, it's like, ah, oh, it's just a generic, you know, bullpen picture. Or not bullpen, but uh, dugout picture. Dugout picture, yeah. Yeah. So good. Oh, and I, I laughed a lot when I when I saw it. So I had to share that one. So it's kind of, you know, I'm not making fun of anybody. It's just a wonderful little forced perspective, weird picture. So my last one's not funny, um, but it's just somebody um, actually, it, but it's topical. It's somebody uh, that's replying to Jeff Passan, uh, one of the MLB beat writers i guess that's what he does um and he's talking about the minor league pay thing about them uh and that he shared an article from espn i I think that's who he works for espn and um about better living conditions improved travel uh you know that uh that that things are gonna improve and there's an article about it some guy named shu (laughs) he writes fuck off 
You lobbied the fuck out of that broke-ass congresswoman to save your skins, and now you want a half-ass of makeup. Wait. The writers were lobbying Congress? No, no. He's. This is my point, is he's yelling at poor Jeff Passan. Yeah, he has no fucking clue what he's yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Because but. that that's what sports writers do is that they lobby the uh they lobby Congress to screw over baseball players. Baseball players. players. It's part of their deal, yeah. Yeah, the the billionaire owners aren't doing that. Oh, I <laughs> I, I see Cal a tiny Kyle Hendricks. Little he looks like a little boy I'd say in his lap. <laughs> right? That's funny. Joe Matta just walking by. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> and just the way that Bryant's hand is out like he's talking it looks like he's holding holding them yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh that's good yeah you got to put that on the ranchers page everybody should see that that's beautiful so there's another couple hours y'all wasted um hey thanks to all our patreon supporters uh it's really nice of you to you know pay for this podcast uh you're gonna get this show tonight whereas if you're not a patreon supporter you're gonna get it next week you're gonna get we're like john oliver here you're getting last week tonight. <laughs> you're getting yeah, last week's exactly. show tonight. So you're gonna be a you're gonna be a show behind by not uh, subscribing at a dollar a month. It's all we ask. You get your own RSS feed. Um, anyway, thank you to all our Patreon supporters. It's the only we really reason. Do appreciate it. It's the only reason I even showed up tonight. To, I mean, honestly, otherwise I would have been like, I'm exhausted. I haven't. <laughs> I don't feel like it. Cause, yeah, I've I've been battling, you know, the St. Paddy's Day hangover yeah. all day, so, so I could have easily been in bed an hour ago. Well, we still managed to put out a two-hour and twenty-minute show, so yeah. we can yeah. be very proud of ourselves that uh, we basically talked about everything. Uh, we talked about everything. So, in on that note, I guess there's nothing else to talk about. So, might as well spagog. Spagog.
I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? 
and the Coast Guard. We think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.